Uh, I've, I've caught myself doing the dad moments a couple times this last, I think it was this week. Yeah, this week was pretty hot. Whereas, like, are we are we air conditioning the whole 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 block? I'm like, oh my god, I feel like an old person all of a sudden. I'm just like, shit, I'm not dad. <laughs> but it's just like seriously, like all like you know, I got the air conditioner running, and then all of the doors are open, all the windows are open. I'm like, what is going on here? Snafu. Situation normal. All. All fouled up. This is Snafu. All right, welcome to episode 49 of Snafu. I'm Rick. Pat, say hi. Hi. Jeff. Jeff. Hello. Oh, he's asking questions to the audience now. Like, everyone's answering, I bet. Uh, I hope. Well, Jeff, say hi. Uh, uh, Jeff, say hi what? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Sorry, there's some thunder. I got distracted. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Dale, say hi. Hey, guys. We're all here. Yet again. Episode 49. So Can't close stop, to 50. All right. I'm trying to sneak these words in, Pat, and they're just not working for me. That's okay. <laughs> Fly casually. Right. That's a different podcast. Competitively speaking, you have to be more aggressive with your word usage. Yeah, that's that's a problem. I'm not the word I'm not competitively speaking, I am not the wordsmith Jeff is. Anyway. Yeah, but I reserve it for my professional life if I can yeah. help it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you do actually. That's probably for the better. You get only get so many words in your life and if you use them all to do a podcast then Then I know several people who should be done by now. <laughs> but not us though it's not like a spawn counter I mean Brad is probably the top of the list because I think at one point he was on like four of them yeah <laughs> like, like ah, my quota is getting used up I better not start the fifth one well he's got the he does the warlord one plus he still does cast dice okay at one point I remember when we started I think he was on three or four like ghost I was like, army dear, lrdg dear lord um, was he on all of those yeah Okay. I mean, hey, different flavors, a similar uh, thing. Ghost I Army, I don't think he was, like, every single episode, but, you know, about every third. Okay. Back in the day. Okay. Well, there's a tangent. Tangent one for you right there. That's okay. It's, we'll hear from Brad next episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to bring him on so we can do a... <laughs> yeah. uh, he can add... What's this one? Snafu? Onto the... Uh, onto his resume. Onto the resume. Another notch on the belt of podcasts. It'll yeah. be in the uh, extracurricular charity... The career killer. <laughs> that spot of your resume where you're like, I'm a nice guy. Look at these yeah, wonderful the pro things bono I did work. for, kind of like for the less fortunate. Christmas album. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, All right. Lord. Competitively speaking, let's talk about hobby. Nice. So uh, I'll start because mine's short, short-ish, I guess. Um, I am in the middle of... Well, so my all of my hobby time has been dedicated. I'm actually doing blueprints right now to finish my basement to have... a. Uh, my office slash hobby room and hobby space down here. Nice. Yeah. So I've been focusing on that, unfortunately. So I haven't gotten a lot of paint time, but I have definitely, I think I'm close. I think I have, I have all the spaces planned out. It's just now it's figuring out what I need to get done for permitting. So, yay. That's Very like, cool. that's not miniature hobby. That's, that's no, hobby. well, right. But it's, it is, I, in reality is the problem I have right now is that 
my my current paint station is in the office which it will be in the other office but it's also the the dumping ground for all of our kids shit so like the half of the office turns into like strollers the overflow yeah strollers Mm -hmm. chairs like you know all their toys we've taken away from them like anything you know all of that stuff gets thrown in that room and then basically gets piled up and basically right next to my paint station so i have nowhere to paint yeah that's a impediment right yeah so definitely not a dedicated space as much as i would love to have it be but so the new space will definitely have more of that and some better storage so that i don't have crap everywhere because that's my wife's other complaint right now is that you know I have a box of shit here and a box of stuff there and some stuff in the closet. And she's like, can you just get it all in one space, please? Or get rid of it. So that's mine. Got to do, the, do some purge. Yeah. I got a little bit more done than that, being that my basement has already been laid out and set up. Mm-hmm. I got my chindits completed. Nice. nice. So, I mean, bad, bad. Well, uh, <laughs> it's not so enough for my WTC list and also my bug eater list, plus an extra squad because... Why not? Right. Uh, I've got all three of my Stuarts completed. That was mostly for my bug eater list. I only mm-hmm. needed two for WTC. And I am very close on finishing my two LRDG trucks. Nice. Nice. So, Getting there. Yeah, it's the hobby's kind of come back and been able to get some regular time in at least three times a week. So, But now golf season's here, so that kind of puts a hamper in things. Yeah, I can uh, see golfing taking over a lot this year. Yeah, well, I, it's it's my version of exercise, so I, I'm strongly <laughs> encouraged to do it. The only exercise you get is golfing and mowing the lawn. So, yeah, mm. this time of year, that's that's pretty good exercise too. That's almost twice a week. I was going to say, yeah, I had to mow mine today too. It's a real pain in the ass sometimes. You know, I mowed mine just as the storm started coming in. I'm like, come on, <laughs> hold off just a minute. You have a riding mower though, right? No. <laughs> it is powered. the best self propelled though. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I'm not in the dark yeah, ages. Yeah. Well, I'm at I, the push mower with just the single blade that goes around. Oh, that, I have that, one of those in my garage that I can lend you if you want to try it. Uh, I think I tried one once, and there, there's a reason why we went away from that. Yeah, yeah. The, like gasoline powered ones. Yeah, I, yeah. I was really uh, what? Are you, what's the word you're looking for? Really optimistically trying to use non non powered lawnmower. I'm like, this will be awesome because I have a tiny yard anyway. Sure. Yeah, they no, suck. they suck. They really do suck. So they anyone suck. out there looking to buy a lawnmower, just buy a gas or electric one. Don't buy the stupid real mower. The it's ones so you see bad. on the, the '70s cartoons. Yeah, yeah the '50s, yeah '50s, yeah '50s families doing it. Don't don't buy that thing. Those no, pieces, they're of garbage. Shit. Yeah. Yep. Um, wait, I also started. Wait, you're you're not even talking about an electric mower. You're talking about no. the rotor, the rotary. Yes. yes. On the two wheels. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like the little kid one, except it's got blades. Right. Your neighborhood just yeah. buy a pack of goats and, and there you go. Go. There you go. Actually, I thought about we were talking about getting chickens. That would that'd be enough. But uh, anyway, that, that's like a yeah. That's a, we're not that trend. Trust me, people, we're not that hippie this year. All right. Um, <laughs> I've also started working on some train for Operation Snafu. Nice twenty twenty seven. We'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> So yep. I've got, I'm still waiting for one Sarissa kit to show up, which I expect any day now, unless it's been caught up in whatever else is going on in the world. Quarantine, it's being quarantined because it's got been quarant- naughty. got flagged. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got most of the other train. I got my 3D printer up and running. That's Woo! fixed. Woohoo! Uh, turns out that just glaring at it and bitching at it didn't get it fixed. I actually had to 
take it apart and replace a couple pieces, replace the hot end, replace the uh, the Bowden tube. Okay. And, yeah. And that that's good. I actually was I got smart and didn't do the rewiring where I placed the hot end. I just I replaced it in kind, so I plugged out the little heat element and plugged it into the new hot end. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do any rewiring, which I think was a big step. Nice. So that thing's been running about 12 to 16 hours a day since then because I found some, I found some great kits that I want for this board I'm working on. There's some Dewey Cat prints from uh, War Game, 3D Wargaming, whatever his, his website is. I think that's yeah. the one. Yes. So I got yeah. his roads and his river system that are, you know, they're each like about eight-hour prints. And now that I'm working 10 feet from the printer, I can just have that run and check on it periodically and make sure it's not burning up. So... Yeah. There you go. And I'm still trying to get some repairs on the um, the air table, which is not matching my vision already, which is not helping me. So that's probably going to get set off to a shelf somewhere, and I'll start laying out this table. Shift the vision. Shift the vision. Uh, right. Put, put the vision on pause. That's what I, you got to do, man. Until I come back to it. Until your expectations are lowered. Right. Until, I, <laughs> until I'm okay with this. Oh, We've all been crap. married for a long enough. Yeah, right. Just oh, ah, close shit. enough. <laughs> right. I'm still trying to figure out how, how how I want it in my how I see it in my head to actually translate to being on the table, and it's not working right now. But as we know, that my uh, Hell's Highway table took quite a bit before that finally came out very mm-hmm. very well. Yep. Sweet. And been getting some uh, some tabletop simulator games in too. Oh yeah. Got one in with Ian. Uh, okay. That took us about three days, but that was mostly because he he did his bug eater list, which has four uh, air observers. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, he's playing that. He decided to play that list. Okay. Yes. Oh, Let's man. just say four air observers did not bode well against three stewards. Yeah. Even though he's playing the Americans and they're getting two strikes each, so at least <laughs> That's two so of them ridiculous. two of them blew back on him, uh, and then I finally got my head my flack on the table and blew down the last one and then his or the seventh one and his eighth one was about to come back on him he's like i think i think we're done playing <laughs> yeah so but yeah that that doesn't three stewards is going to not make a good day for that well and there's there's Wait, some did you put pintle mounts on those uh on the lrdg trucks have pintles. oh the yeah, okay all right because i'm like they don't have flack unless they have the pintle right right that's what the trucks do yeah the trucks are there for the flack i mean that's yeah and we'll, we'll, we'll go a little more in-depth about the Air Observer later on and my own personal takings for how it could be better. Sure. But that's enough for hobby stuff. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what what haven't you been doing? It's usually the, That's usually right. Uh, <laughs> painting so, uh, a lot of stuff, uh, bolt-action and bolt-action adjacent. I painted up a couple of Blood Red Sky Squadrons I had sitting around just so I could get them out of the queue because it's obnoxious to look at things that are base coated but not finished dude don't come to my house <laughs> just saying yeah, that last right? squadron you posted looked good they were really yeah. good i was pretty happy with how it turned out so yeah so yeah i got those done um started working on some more terrain tables because filament isn't quite as tight as it was for a while there so yeah true i found some right it's a lot easier to find right now so now that i'm not worried about running out i started reprinting or not reprinting but finishing printing one of the bolt action tables I've been working on and uh. it's last piece is on the printer right now rolling down the last I don't know probably 60 meters of filament so open up the filament gates yeah right it's exactly what it is sweet come forth so. with your PLA 
come forth. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. I was very worried when you said that at first. I, I heard the P sound, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Release the hoons. Release the hoons. Yeah. Test printed a couple uh, tanks I found some kits for and models for and wanted to see what they look like, and they're not bad. You, know. uh, you, st- you still have that print of that Opal, that file for that Opal Blitz? Somewhere, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think either of you guys delete a file unless you have to. That seems silly. No, I, I don't delete anything. Yeah. I might need that again just for, uh, just for some... Yeah, I'll dig around email it to you, no worries. I'm not going to lie, Jeff. I think most things that are printed on 3D printers, regardless of what printer or whatever, are mostly just okay. Yeah, you have to get really, really fancy or a resin printer if you want like yeah. store-quality details. Yeah, right. you're not going to match a Rubicon. You're not going to no. match a Rubicon. No, 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 no. And I don't, I don't think anyone expects that. The nice thing is, is you can have an entire motor pool <laughs> for less than the anyway, cost of shipping. I would not be able to do kit. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good with getting close enough. So. Okay. I mean, that's that is why I wanted a resin printer. As I, I know I'm a, I'm a. I'm stuck up when it comes to this stuff because no, no, dude, I'd love it if you got a resin printer because then you have a <laughs> resin printer and I could just send shit to you. Right, yeah, and I'd just be printing 16-hour tanks for you. Well, you know, I'll buy mm. a lot of resin for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. Are nobody those, wants the resin though. Are those safe yet? Not well, really. They're they're mildly safe if you know what you're doing. You need you need you need okay, to set so up not like safe for me. <laughs> no, you need That's to set up like Jeff has. Like you need you need the right room. one, the yeah. right printer that has its own chamber, so that you're not yeah. like, printing it on your kitchen table or something like that. Right. Like, they, something that contain and can capture the surplus yes. resin. Well, and it's not even that it's, it's not even all that either, though. Right? When you pull a print out, it's still not cured. You have to cure it again afterwards, mm-hmm. no and that's idea. yeah, that's the problem, right? Is that they're still like significantly wet when they come out. They're not they're not hardened yet, so you have to pull them out. And this is this is my super high level, <laughs> high <laughs> yes, I did high level understanding. So someone will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding is you have to take them out and then UV UV harden them. So you have to like get them dry them out a little bit more afterwards. You said so they're not bob on. See Alan, can you can you educate us? Or Alan, right. yeah. Alan, Alan has educated me online about it, and he says they're a lot safer than than they than I think they are. However, I would still in his hands they probably are. Well, and I think he has his in his garage. I know everyone that I know that has one, and Alan and I know one other person. Alan has a whole one. shop. I mean, yeah, he's he's yeah. Keep they yeah. they keep them out of places that they live in, right? So, like, unfortunately for us, like most of us live in our houses, so we can't leave it in our house, right? right? So you have to find a better spot to put it. So. I did not build a, a vented hood into my office space. Otherwise, I would have a resin printer. Yeah. So, anyway. I just, I didn't want to deal with the disposal of the leftover resin. Yeah, that, there's that too. I think you can, I don't know what the hell you do with it. Well, know, that's just it. I didn't know what to do. Pour, I didn't want to just have a 50-gallon drum out back that's slowly filling with <laughs> used resin. Yeah. Just uh, leaking into the leaking into the Right, someone's going to come. Drop a guy in there, and the Joker's going to get spawned behind my house. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be any different than my neighborhood. They're like they're watching like some. This is a super tangent. They're watching like the dry cleaner six blocks from my house or eight blocks from my house leak some chemical out, and now it's like oh. the Aaron EP- will be after you in about a Yeah, day. the EPA is EPA is keeping an eye on it right now. They sent us a letter saying it's not to your house; it's still ways away, but. Just to let you know, we are te- we are monitoring the ground the the ground for this chemical now. Like, oh, great! Yeah, that makes you happy. Anyway, uh, okay. Anything else, Jeff? Anything else you're working on? Uh, no, I got I made 
got a pretty big warlord order put in, but it hasn't arrived yet. So when that comes in, I'll be painting a new army. But, yeah, so I did that too, actually, but yeah. not a whole army's worth. Yeah, mine's going to be a whole army's worth, so we'll see okay. how it goes. Mine's going to supplement the army I already got. Because I mentioned <laughs> the Winter Russians. Well, I know you'd already made it. You've made like two orders recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my Stalingrad book showed up with my with my box of Winter Russians. Sweet. Nice. And I'm just waiting for the supplemental order, and I picked up a couple pieces from uh, GC Minis, some female Russian snipers. Cause I thought yeah, those are cool. good. Mm, a different great. company. I figured I'd test them out, see how they look. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Okay. Awesome. Um, Dale, what have you been up to? Unfortunately, all my hobby is not... Uh, it's not uh, bolt action related. It's not even it's not even hobby related. So. We just uh, we cleared out I've, a ton of trees. I'm, okay. I'm tearing some wallpaper off of a bedroom. We're putting it in a new floor. Okay. It's um, so what you're saying is you're working on terrain, but at full scale, and then you get to shrink it down to twenty. <laughs> yeah, million. yeah. It's one one to one scale. Yeah. Yeah, not good times. Although um, sucks. Starting a new hobby this week. My wife isn't completely on board, but hopefully she'll get used to it. Um, my uh, trombone had a no had a, had a <laughs> exercise. Had one of my one of my meetings with um, with my with my company. They they announced that we'll be working remotely through Labor Day. So I got that same announcement. Oh wow! So I'm like, so I'm, I don't have to cut my hair all summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh boy! I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how long I can go without cutting my hair. So okay. okay. Yeah, um, nice. I just I just cut mine, so I'm had to. It was getting. Yeah. I look like a hobo, right? I walked my wife through cutting mine, so I, I, that's actually what I did too. Was that actually I showed them? I showed my wife on my three young boys. Here's the haircut. <laughs> Here's how you do it, and she still didn't do it right. But she's. It, it looks good enough. I'm. Yeah, I had a couple of cocktails and grabbed grab the clippers. <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. bad. Um, but it's I'm, short. I'm yeah. gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can make it all the way through Labor Day. So, so you're gonna not shave? No, I, I I shaved. I finally shaved. I'm shaved this morning. I'm like, oh, I just couldn't. So yeah, I, you guys are way ahead of us. We're we're not gonna go back until probably January. So I would be. I would be. God, I don't. I would look like uh, Robin Williams and Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did anyway, but I shaved it all off. So. So, but I mean, you know, hearing you guys talk about it, and um, once 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 we get everything around the house done, although I'm thinking I might have to get the roof on the garage replaced, um, mm. which would be good because that'll stop the leaking, which should mean tables I put out there um, aren't in any danger. So, oh, um, stopping got, leaking is good. Yeah. yeah. So I've got um, I, I've ordered a bunch of stuff, and it's finally come in. And so um, I've got enough stuff for two more boards. It's just a matter of finding the time and the space and the will to kind of yeah get started and, and kick everything out. Dude, so. summer summer is really hard. I'm not gonna lie about like just the idea of like doing hobby stuff right now seems hard. Like well, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm getting closer. We we've had a few exciting things kind of come across as far as the podcast and stuff goes and yep. talking and that kind of stuff. And and so I, I'm, I am starting to get excited about it. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out how it all fits in totally. and that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I have, I have 
I have been trying to find ways to just kind of check out from the real world where I just don't have to think about everything going on, whatever it happens to be. Um, but it's just easier for me right now just to sit down at my gaming computer and flip on mm-hmm. something, you know, whatever the case may be, as opposed to, okay, what's where's my spreadsheet for what I have to do for painting yeah. or and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You have so, a spreadsheet? Oh. Well, I mean, there's a list. You know, it's not a spreadsheet necessarily. It's not always a spreadsheet, but a lot of people do that, so... Yeah, yeah. Like a punch card. It's just a punch list. I, I have the stuff that's sitting on the table. That in order for me to move it, I have to touch it. So I might as well just paint it. Right. You're you're much more immediate goal driven. I don't know. Well, yeah. But there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's just a different. It, like, and I think at some point we want, I want to talk about this because this is something that I've found during this you know during this COVID thing. You know, all of this quarantining and self self isolation. I I don't know. I haven't said it three times, so it won't it won't attack me yet. Not yeah. to fall. Yeah, right. Um, no, just the idea of like getting hobby hobby flow going again. What what is it gonna take for us to all get on board with hobbying again? Mm-hmm. I, don't I know. try and set aside the same hour every night and if I hit it three times during the week, that's great. Well, and I'm with Dale though. The problem is is that my hobby space is the same place in my computer and it's just like dude i could go paint but that means like i said i have to move all those toys and stuff or i could just turn on the computer for play a couple games and then stay up way too late yep and that and that's been you know it's been super easy to be distracted by it and i don't have thursday nights to motivate me to paint something or even a freaking event for that matter you know nothing has been motivating so at some point i think we'll have a we may have a deep dive conversation into how we get our hobby back. I think we might. For me, it's going to be we're going to go on to Discord and we're going to do it together and mm-hmm. do one of those mm-hmm. things again. Well, um, that might be what it takes. You know, long, you so. know, the honest, uh, honestly, you know, we can be nearish each other. We have to social distance, but if we're outside, maybe we just all put out tables and paint together. <laughs> I mean can think of worse things to do on a Saturday afternoon. Well, wait, we're, um, I mean, we're in, we're almost in phase three as far as that goes. They're opening things up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, and as far as gatherings go, it's like 10 or less or 11 yep. now, aren't Yeah. 10 or less. Okay. But I mean, there's no reason why we, as weird as it sounds, we could all go into someone's backyard, I'll bring our own table and paint in the backyard. And then quite honestly, I've never found a better, uh, better light source than the sun as far as painting goes. That's not a bad idea. It might be something to do, something, yeah. something to get the hobby flow going. You know, here's okay. here's how we're gonna deflate the the boner that we have going now, though, is we're gonna talk about the next <laughs> thing <laughs> on the agenda here, uh, which is the Renegade Open, uh, which is where we run the Operation Snafu. So, I, this is I, Pat. I know we've we've talked about this a couple times, and I know so, they're looking at us for a little bit of this insight too. I, I, I talked to I talked to Jamie, who's who's the the orchestrator of the Renegade Open. Um, and you may have noticed that our normal June, first weekend in June sign-up has come and gone. Yep. Uh, and the reason why we do that for sign-up in June is because typically at the hotel, that's when the first payment is due to them. But obviously, um, crap is going on in the world. Yeah, I can't say it again. Right. And so we're like, okay, if we had to decide right now today, it would be canceled. Yeah, because yeah. we just can't see too far into the, you know everyone's talking about the mm-hmm. second wave in right in that same time frame. 
So what we've done is we've instead put it on a wait and see, and we will revisit this towards the end of the month, possibly looking at August as a sign-up date. Let's face it, most of you people sign up almost last minute anyway. Right. Um, and for us, we still have all the tables we need, and if it's still going to be a whole, you know what, sure, you can do it, you can have the event, but you're at 250 people, everyone has to be social distanced, now we're having to talk about spacing out those tables even further. So, so it's we're like talking half the size. reduced capacity. I don't think we'd get above 20 in that room. Oh, for sure. Um, so we're going to make the decision on August if we're going to be if we're going to push hard for November and see how things are going. We have another backup date in January, but as we know, that means there's not going to be a lot of people traveling for that because it's not a really good travel time of year. Yeah. And we might still have the same thing, or you know, and if at that point it may be just a a no go altogether, and then we may talk about doing something virtual like uh, the Lead Pursuit guys are doing with Blood Red Skies actually today I think it was yeah like, so I'll probably I'll probably reach out to them to see how that went see what their pitfalls were and see if we could look at applying something to that for us if need be it, it looked fantastic from a standpoint of like it actually looked I don't know why I'm surprised um, it looked like they had a fair number of participants at least engaging with them on Discord which is great mm-hmm. like that's a good start so We'll see. I would love to hear what they have to say. Uh, the one thing I will say about playing games, and this has been echoed, pretty much having the same experience, is they, they simply take longer to play. Oh, for sure. And, I, and I'm not sure why that is. You can measure faster. You can roll and total up the dice faster. You can move things faster, unless you're on a hill, in which case you'll spend 30 minutes trying to pick a guy back up. Without but the it, hill. It, it's just, uh, it just it just takes longer. And yeah. I think those games will favor people who have more uh, game time in on tabletop simulator For sure. than necessarily the skill level. No, a lot of a lot of uh, honestly, I think it, you know our our heads are amazing cameras and have great camera angles and can do whatever we wanted to when we wanted to. Sure, and that's all second nature. Right, it's all part of our. It's just built into our our bodies. Whereas in tabletop simulator, it's it's definitely a lot more difficult to. You know, get the angle and look at the things you want to look at the way you want to look at them. But boy, can you get down to that exact uh, oh. eye line of sight? Holy cow! You sure can, but it's like it takes a little bit to get there. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's I think that's over. the thing. Yep. It's it's I think a trickier, uh, trickier thing to do for a lot of people. I I know that it's probably more second nature for you, Pat, because I think you do 3D stuff sometimes. Um. Yeah, it is occupational hazard for me. Yeah. So like and. For me, it's not, and I struggle with it a lot sometimes. But anyway, that's interesting. That's, we'll have to see what it looks like. That's the news on Renegade is okay. we are hurry up and wait. Keep yeah. painting. Our theme is still the theme. We're going to see what happens, and you know what? Our theme is still the theme. Did we <coughs> ever spill those beans? We did. Uh, we did. So, so Budapest and Bulge together? Bulge. Yep. The, bulgy bulgy, the Bulgy Budapest, yeah. yeah. The Bulging Pest. December 44. Buddha bulge, Buddha bulge. There we oh, go. God, I've got better. a raging Buddha bulge. Competitively speaking, competitively speaking, I have a competitively speaking. I have a hell of a better bulge. <laughs> <laughs> Move on, please. Uh, right. We're starting um, to skip. Uh, <laughs> go to commercial. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Yeah. Somebody turn this off. Sponsors this crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody does. Uh, so, well, speaking of speaking of total, <laughs> God. 
the problem I still this is to this day my problem is is that my work has a has an acronym that says TTS on it. Ah. Uh, and so every time is that I a report? And, and what's that? Is that a report? No, it's a product that we sell. If you can figure out what company I work for, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, no, so tabletop simulator we we've talked about this already. You guys have put together a bunch of boards for Stalingrad, and I think we're going to start that soon, right? We haven't started anything yet. I mean, it. Well, yeah, no, it no, no. We haven't be, started the, the we've campaign. We've started starting. You guys yeah, created all the campaign stuff that we need, though. Uh, yeah, but we haven't. Right. We haven't really done anything yet. No, we so. haven't done anything. That's why we're going to try and start it soon. I imagine. Yeah, and, we should. Uh, I should finish the word. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, a match. A match. Yeah, just a match. Come on. Wow. In you owe me some ins. I, I, okay. We should yeah. do that. I, I, we're still for yeah. it, right? So I think I was still on the German mm-hmm. side, even though I'm now apparently collecting Russians. Right. Yeah, just, we should. We'll have to we'll have to figure something out. We just we just have to. I have to give some thought to how to package it, and so it's not awful, and that the games don't take us three days. So. They will oh, take us through the, the beauty thing of the is that you can pause it, pick it up. Right. And actually, I think we got some feedback today on Facebook about that. I can't remember who it was. I'm not going to go look right now. But it was, they actually said it was really nice because he's he's like, you know, there's okay. a Discord server dedicated to people playing mm-hmm. bolt action on, uh, on Tabletop Simulator. And he's like, I have four games going. And, you know, I played, I play for, we play for an hour, so we play a round. And then I can pause, we save it, and we come back to it the next time we play. So he's playing it like, uh, what like, mail, chess by mail. Yeah, chess by mail. Essentially, is what he's playing it like. It's except you're both on at the same time for that hour. Play whatever you can get done played, save it, and then just come back to it again. So it's not quite as it's not quite as linear, but it's it sounds it's it's different. It's a very different experience, I'm sure. So kind of like it though. Yeah. So thank you, whoever. Thank you to whoever sent in that feedback. I thought it was a interesting thing, and I actually haven't jumped on that Discord yet, but I will probably have to. Yeah, I've been practicing idea. deploying armies in TTS. So have you been practicing making armies? Yeah. It's hunting and finding the little dudes that you need to fill out your list. basically, yeah. <laughs> Which I've got actually two lists made already. So sweet uh, for the campaign. Uh, one for the campaign, one for just gaming and testing. Okay. It's, it's the list I bought, if I ever oh, okay. try it out on TTS. Okay. Gordon Smith, by the way, Rick. Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. I don't know if you want us using his last name, but thanks, Gordon. <laughs> Sorry, it could be Johnson. That wasn't his real last name. We just picked a generic American sound. <laughs> right. right. Mr. Gordon, Smith. Gordon Johnson. Okay. Uh, well, we we'll have more to come in the in future episodes related to the Stalingrad campaign that we're going to do, or we'll uh, just promise some more, or we'll just keep kicking it, kicking the can down the road. Yeah, probably it's possible that that will happen too, because again, uh, so they release something that catches our attention. We go, ooh, shiny, let's do that one. Well, that yeah, I can't talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> oh, maybe we can. Hold on, we can talk about some oh, stuff. Oh, here here's here's the thing that I want to talk about: upcoming releases. Let's yeah. talk about the upcoming releases because mm. I think these are going to be fun. So they got a campaign book coming out in September. Uh, Mariana and Palu, Pal- Paleo. Thank Paleo, you. Yeah. Paleo Islands. So they're going Pacific. 
Sweet. That's not until September. So that'll be U.S. and Japan mostly. 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 Yeah, that should be that most of it. Is right? Australia over there too at all? New Zealand. Probably all the uh, Gurkhas. It's just some uh, of the Gurkhas, Gurkhas. Are in Burma mostly. Yeah, Burma. Burma. Oh, they Burma. actually did some research about because I wanted to get some Pacific Gurkhas. <laughs> just the just the paratrooping Gurkhas. The paratroopers, maybe. yeah, paratrooper Gurkhas went into in the Pacific. I don't know if they went into Mariana or the. How do we say that? Pull out. Pull out. Pull out. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, I just offended someone. Um, we're not going to go there. Uh, so that I, sounds like that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, more to come on that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to put something out before September. But yeah, uh, and then they've also got the second uh, D-Day book, British and Canadian sectors, and that mm-hmm. got pushed all the way back to Christmas. Oof. Yeah, that's sad. But uh, so, dude, they they got to deal with what they got to deal with right now. So. Right. Okay. I, I know. I think their initial plan was to hope you know have it like right now, but obviously stuff happened. <laughs> right. So. Right. And then, uh, do you remember that firefight thing? Yeah. Where you, like the individual guys, individual order dice. Yes. Uh, that's getting a massive overhaul, and it's actually I think is going to be part of some some starter sets. This uh, probably, a brilliant probably idea. Yeah. Probably the same time as the Pacific release. Yeah. What they did is, I don't know if any of you have ever looked at their SPQR that's done by Warlord, but the heroes in there have like a talent tree. So that's like the Roman Roman gangs, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Basically, so they have like talents and stuff that you you get the first one, and then it allows you that makes another one available, and another one, and so on and so forth. So the heroes get these, and they've taken that and moved it into firefight, and so, somehow some of the guys. Are gonna be able to start getting this. It's pretty sweet, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think John said on his uh, Warlord Wednesday, he said it went from like basically three pages rule book to like a twenty-two page rule book. And mm-hmm. and to me, this is the one that works for Tabletop Simulator the best. Like yeah. just to me, this is where the the yeah like it works because points. yep because it's ten guys or whatever you know it's not very many guys you're not moving whole units yeah just moving one guy and you're moving one guy and you, like you can get the camera angles however you want them for that one guy and that makes a huge difference I think yeah. you're not trying to move 50 dudes you're moving one or right in the 30 seconds you spend moving that one guy you're getting him in the exact place that you want him as right. opposed to the three minutes you're moving ten guys right. and one guy ends up Standing up, there are three guys laying down. Right, there's no coherency. Right, so yeah, to me, this is like okay. While we're in this can't play in real life thing, firefight might be a really good tabletop simulator mm-hmm. alternative. I was, I was chatting, to, chatting with him a little bit, and it sounds like that this is like a mechanic rule set mm-hmm. that they can apply to like whatever campaign book is coming out, so they can keep having these small starters available for people to start basically Dude, anytime. Uh, it's brilliant in a sense that, like, if you if you were able to mash two armies together relatively easily, and I can't imagine that you couldn't, because I'm like, all of their sprues are self-contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can imagine you'd be able to just like throw two sprues in a box with some stuff and the rule set, and be able to, you know, and have a piece of terrain or something in there, and it would make a great starter set. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like, honestly, probably better than like Band of Brothers, in my opinion. I. 
from a like maybe learning some of the mechanics of bolt action without with having some extra stuff well, extra as fun long stuff as it in comes there. out before November I know what my nephews are getting for Christmas because <laughs> <laughs> I sent them the Band of Brothers box that last time. oh did you did they <laughs> yes, ever they put it together uh, yes actually they have because Sweet. the year before that I sent them Access and Allies okay uh, so I've been I've been feeding them as much as I can okay so you know like God one of them sixteen now sixteen and thirteen I think they are nice. So. Yeah. Well, and they're military family, so their dad's totally okay. He plays all the war games with them too. So. Oh, cool. Right. Nice. Yeah. So they they haven't started doing it competitively yet, though. I don't think so. Okay. I think they're still room rooming in their backyard with their dad. Sweet. That sounds fun. I I could I could dig that. As long as I'm the one doing the room rooming and not my kids. But I don't know why. Well, I could do it with them, I guess. <laughs> they can do it with me. That's fine. <laughs> do, to you, be, do you need a rope? No, yes. <laughs> no, they'll uh, they'll actually blow up my tr- truck's first turn, or they'll just never show up. Something like that, I'm sure. Well, as long as they don't eat the dice, they're fine. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we we have we refrain from giving them dice until they're old enough to know better. So I, my wife has not given me dice yet. Right. <laughs> sw- I swallowed one once. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happened once. Yes, it's... it out later. It was fine. <laughs> Still rolls for shit. But now I know tasty. why. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so competitively speaking, let's talk about rules. Shall Love we? talking about rules. There, this is where the cool intro music would be if we had some. But we don't have any because we're not that cool. Or we're we save all our cool music for a break in our... In our yeah, you know, we, absolutely. We, we use up all of our... Uh, our cool music our points. Our cool stuff. Cool, cool points for the intros and sounds in the middles. Yeah, send us a cool intro and outro for our rules discussions. I'm thinking like the now you know music from when I was a kid. You know I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, like, the, like the NBC one? Yeah, exactly. Like that intro. You know. But I'm pretty sure That's that if G. we I use that, thing. we get sued for it. I'm sure they still have. Oh, the PSA stuff? Yeah, the PSA one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I have it on VHS somewhere in my house. Mm-hmm. The, the, what was the G.I. Joe one? Well, it was the G.I. Joe one. That's knowing is half the battle. There you go. Yeah, that's a, but that's that, '80s. That might be too recent. Yeah, it's too yeah. recent. And and I'm sure that they've made a new GI Joe that uses it at some point. Uh, yes, the new GI Joes have that same slogan. Oh, do they? Do they have a little thing at the end, similar like you know? No, they don't just, get in a car with a stranger. No, uh, knowing's half the battle. <laughs> uh, all right, let's competitively talk about rules this time. Oh. That Uh-oh. time's up. We can't do it. Oh good, man, good timing for a segue there. Dang it. Jeff's Hot Pocket's done. Uh, actually, my uh, 3D printer spool needs to get changed. I'll be right back. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, his spool is getting changed. Let's talk about some rules. Competitively speaking. Yeah, competitively speaking, he's got a spool change. Is it like, can you do it in like 10 seconds like a NASCAR driver? Uh, At he, this he point, can. he probably can. He's like, rrr, 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 and it's all back to normal. Right. And then it's off to the races again. Uh, maybe so. Let's let's talk about. Uh, you have a couple written down here that I I love all of these because these are all about uh, special units. So we got the forward air observer first. Forward air uh, FAO is forward air or and, and or artillery and or artillery. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. the, and I didn't know this. I mean, I guess I'd always played it and not really thought anything of it until I was playing the game with Ian, who had friggin' four of them, <laughs> which that's annoying. And he's getting these order dice, and I'm like, why isn't he putting those guys in ambush? Well, it turns out they can't do their fire order from ambush in order to get their, st- oh. their strikes in. And I'm like, 
you know, cringing like, well, I have an idea for it. And he goes, well, I can't do it from ambush. I'm like, what? Grab book. <laughs> Holy crap, I had no idea. But I guess hmm. I never, I, I've never actually done it. I yeah, just, I don't know why you would. Me. Well, because you've just pulled your last dice and the rest of the, and your opponent hasn't deployed the important shit. Right, right. Well, right. There's that. How many? Yes. Okay, this is a stupid question that, no, first one's, wave. that no one is ever going to need to know because no one else is going to ever run for air, air observers. How many, how many airstrikes can you have on the table at once? Each air observer can have one. Oh my god, that sounds so. Like you can't call in your second until the first one is resolved. Right per a guy, per a guy though, like not. Yeah, so I, there's there's four going per round. Right, you can the have four time, markers. Yeah, one hit, one delayed, second delayed, and the other one went back on him. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> oh man. Which we figured that was that was basically about the averages. Right. Yeah. I mean, half yeah, of them are going to come every in. other turn. Yeah. Yeah. And the other half are going to delay, and one of those three is going to come back on him. Yep. I mean, you have to accept that with four air observers that you're going to end up with something coming back to you. But yep. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would have assumed that ambush would not allow me to fire it, but I guess that... Cause See, I, would, I would have assumed that it would, but that's... Well, it's and, technically not a fire order, though. You just flip the dice to fire once you've come out of ambush keep, keep in mind too that they also do not allow you to indirect from ambush either right so you can only direct fire from ambush so i mean the ambush has some asterisks on that fire order i guess and it okay. specifically yeah. states very blatantly in in the the entry there that this cannot come from ambush this must be just a regular fire order yeah okay so yeah i mean hey okay uh, that made me feel better because it was first wave stuff and he could have had all his air observers on ambush wait for my stuff to roll on the table and then poop, poop, poom, poom. Like, eh, right. well, okay. To, it actually makes a lot of sense, though, when you think about, like, how would he ambush it? He's like, either he's calling an airstrike or he's not. Right? Now it's going to be like, slow down. I need you to come right. in it, five minutes later. Hold on. Right. Don't do it, this. It takes some time to coordinate that kind right. of stuff. Right. You're basically it's, telling an airplane, I want you to land a thing here. And it's you don't have much other leeway. You got maybe a little wiggle room, but not enough to make a difference. Right. Yeah. Tell him to not do it. I guess that's about all I got. <laughs> well, that's sometimes that's all you need. Right. It's, you know, competitively speaking, you're just fine. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it is it's a good rule to know because that can make a difference. So. Right. Okay. Yep. I yeah, mean, it um, could prevent your opponent from ambush early. Uh, the other thing too is like okay so they have their one shot and then they're done and they're one of the units that you can you can equip them as modeled so yep. I always take my free one I would never pay for an artillery observer because we can get into that later uh, and the extra guy with them and you know I give them SMGs and it turns out a lot of times in late game they are pretty key with their SMGs because they're already off the board so no reason to give him a rifle. Give him a short range. Give him those extra shots. I give mine a sniper rifle. Uh, actually, it has to be as there's as Sorry. modeled. Actually, at some point in the book, does say it has to be pistol, rifle, or submachine gun. gun. So no bazookas either. I fortunately no, don't no have the page for you. <laughs> you cannot be armed. You cannot be armed with a Stuart. No. You cannot be armed with a Gaz. I, you know, if I were if I were an artillery observer, I'd be inside the tank too. Not gonna lie. Oh, what? What special character did that? 
Remember when we talked about a few episodes ago about there's some of those. Pat, I don't remember yesterday. Okay, well. Let alone three episodes ago, and I don't even go back and listen to them again. Because who listens to this? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly uh, not us. Episode 37, I, we had the same conversation. Jeez. About 44 minutes in, because I just happened to listen to it yesterday. <laughs> we, uh, we basically repeat the same 10 to 12 episodes. Hey, guess what? Yeah, like, yeah. In rotation. So, yeah, we'll just, we'll just scrub the beginning as, welcome to episode 50. It'd <laughs> <laughs> <Just keep going. laughs> be a lot faster to kick out. Oh, shit. Sure. That, yeah, we could have an episode a week at that point. Uh, right. So, competitively speaking, let's talk about medics, because they're the, they're the top of the heap of competitive play. Right? Uh. Is yeah, that sarcasm? Because I, I actually really like them. I, I do like them too, actually. But. I, I saw I saw a post on Facebook one day in the Bolt Action, and someone had said, you know, Medic, 30 points. If it saves two guys, he gets his point back, plus he's still an order dice. Yeah. Yep. And he's a sniper target. Uh, Can be. He's not always, but he could why be. Why would he be? Because it's an order dice. Because it's, it's an order dice. Yeah, okay, it's, so it's an order, order dice. dice. But, but he doesn't have to have line of sight to who he's saving. That's true. He, he should can always be, be very, very line of sight. Yes. Well, and now, so keep in mind, and here's, here's where one of the big catch-ups is, that they can only ever uh, heal a guy on a six from small arms fire only. Right. Rifle and it fire. Can't be, yeah. And it can't be an exceptional damage either. Right. You know, if you hit a guy in the freaking forehead, it doesn't, yeah, there's no saving it that. also can't be used for close quarters. That makes sense. All those things yeah. make sense, and they have the Geneva Convention, so you can't shoot them. Yeah. Can't can't ever shoot or assault. They can defend themselves if assaulted, well, and they could never claim objectives. Didn't we? Didn't we determine they could still stand in a truck and fire pintle mounted? They cannot. They, they cannot. Oh, they they cannot. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. They fed. That was a wild rabbit hole we went down. That was pretty yeah, entertaining. But it was yeah. fun. Yes. Okay. But he may also be able to save your lieutenant one time, in which case he only needs to save one guy. Right. Or your captain. Dude. Yeah, or a major like he did for me. Right? Yeah. That That's, yeah. It is, if you have a 30 points and you're like, I need that extra dice, it is not a bad place to squeeze it, squeeze in an extra dice. For sure. I would, I would, I like medics. I like medics a lot. Yeah. I don't think I've seen you guys put one in a list. It's hard to find 30 points still. Right? It is, it is a, it is, you know... Sometimes I don't know. I might actually I might actually try and swing one into my uh, into my American list for sure. Especially if you're running vets, because I do think it is valuable with vets. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Jeff, if you if you run when you run medics, do you run them solo? Or do you run them with a with a uh, extra dude? Stretch Almost always solo. Because if you have an extra dude, it's from the extra dude too. You can measure from either guy, right? Sure, that gets you an inch of range. Yeah, gets you an extra inch. <laughs> I've never found much use for an extra inch. <laughs> Competitively speaking. <laughs> Competitive uh, inch measuring. Exactly. Yeah. I'd much rather put that extra guy with the lieutenant. Okay. If you, Yeah, because I guess it's still 10. Because you can only... Uh, can you get a vet? You can get veteran medics. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Some of them are medic. Some of them are... Some armies only have veteran medics. Right. Isn't that Germans? And a few others. Well, they don't have any experience. I know that. Is there such a thing as an experienced medic? I don't think I'd want him working on me. Well, he probably wouldn't, but I, I think I mean if you no. watch Band of Brothers, they're not exactly. Some of them are a little green. Well, Rick, don't you have Easy Army open? Those are like I, your stretcher I, carriers. I don't actually. What? I don't. I dude, I closed everything to make sure that my computer ran smoothly for this thing. I'm going to look right now. You're going to beat me to it. 
with with the way that the game is played right now out of the book with the scenarios I don't think medics are generally worth it 23 points given given um, um, if, if if you needed to support um, specialized builds I could see that like if you were investing so many points in a major you know maybe maybe they're worth it or it's a full veteran list that isn't going to be necessarily very mobile. It's going to be defensive, so you can set your medic up in a safe position. But in kind of an all-comers, you know, balanced, optimized list, I don't... I'm struggling to see where I would put one. Well, what, what about an ambulance? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm on for the ambulance, too. No, I, I don't actually... I know what they the, are, but I don't think they're very common. The only 50 points, soft skin, a little bit bigger, footprint... The only medic rule I, I I saw that I liked was the one in the uh, were the uh, choppers in the Korea book. Those were awesome. So that were they up to five or six? Yes. And then all of a sudden the chopper got an eighteen inch yeah. range. On a five or six, all of a sudden now, that's like hmm, you know that that's something. So in any event, I don't think me, you can use a medic the way you're thinking though. Like it's I can't use it to support a captain or major. Because it's a one dice roll, right? One, you, like they take your captain, you got a one in six chance of saving it. It's more about you know if you're playing the odds. I think is I've seen how Jeff has played it. Is you're supporting multiple units if they're veteran or yeah, not? Yeah, I mean uh, of course, but if if you make that roll, I mean depending upon what is around the medic, certainly can increase its value. Yeah, like I said, if you have a specialized list, whether it's all veterans playing defensively or really high value targets with a single wound, sure. Then, you know, then they maybe become, you know, certainly more valuable. So, right. Interesting. Russian Soviet medics are twenty-five points. That must be a misprint. Well, it's easy army. Don't don't hold a lot of yeah. weight to anything in here. I mean, like the uh, yeah regular medic in the U.S. book is twenty-three. It's that's pretty easy to squeeze mm-hmm. into a list, yep. in my opinion. Yep. I think I'd almost always rather have a chaplain, or. Or an intelligence officer before I take a medic. So, the, yeah, I think that the difference with the medic... Because cheap, yeah. and they actually... Well, I, I, I don't know. The, 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 beauty of a medi- or the beauty of the medic, in my opinion, we're getting into a tangent off of the rules here, but that's which is fine. That's fine. I th- we do that. Yeah, and I think this is a valuable conversation to have about medics, is that they're, they're passive, right? Their ability is passive. You don't actually have to have their order dice out to do it. And they haven't... They don't... You, it doesn't matter whether or not they've taken their order, right? They could be down and it won't make a difference. Like in yep. Jeff's point, they don't even have to have line of sight. They can be completely hidden, and as long as they're within range of that unit, they're supporting it. That's, yes. I mean, it's the beauty of the of the medic, and this is exactly what, like, especially in like Operation Snafu format, where we have the you know we have high points, but we only let you have so many dice. Why you see I saw people bring a medic is because they could get them where they want them, and then they don't have to touch them again. I think we talked about that before too, where. Yep. You know, just they're supporting an area, but they don't actually have to have had an order dice to to be beneficial, and I think that's really cool. I think it's a, a benefit to them. Yeah, yeah, so. I I understand that. It's yeah, but for my style of play, again, that if you're playing defensively with a veteran list, I can I can see value there. Yeah, um, especially if you've got a lot of terrain and you are able to hide them. Um, I just. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's they're okay for me. Yeah. Okay, I don't know yeah, what the rule is fine. we're discussing necessarily, but 
Sure. Are they worth it? What do they save? What they don't? We already mentioned oh, okay. that right. the HE and exceptional damage and uh, heavy arms they aren't able to save. So it's only small arms mm-hmm. from sh- from shooting. Yep. So yep. with the this amount of be, HE um, that's been chucked around lately. Uh, should engineer units be able to repair vehicles? Uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna just lean on no. Yeah, that's not really what their role was in the in. I mean, they they had a motor pool engineer core, but that's I, I not what if, engineers in the field were doing. Yeah, I know. Repair. I mean, I, I think a, a field repair unit would be nice. I mean, we got That'd medic for infantry. Unit? Yeah, but or something pit, that could. Yeah, something that could get a vehicle going again. That could that would that could be pretty valuable. I think. I mean. Hist- I think that's an, I think that's a Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know that historically speaking that they were doing a lot of field repairs while combat was while happening fighting. around them. I think they would abandon their their tanks if they had to and come back if they thought that they yep. could re, re, re get it back up and running. Well, in in tank wars, which is something I don't think we've ever gone in depth on, uh, there is the the armor recovery vehicle, which did specialize going out and pulling these disabled tanks back from the back line to get them repaired again, but they weren't repairing them on the spot. No, I mean, what kind of repairs are you doing in a live tank firefight? <laughs> Not very many. Not much. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I would, I, would, I would more consider it cover at that point than anything. <clears throat> That's just me, competitively yeah. speaking. Yep. So, uh, what do we think about Spotters? What do we know about spotters? Let's talk about them from a mechanic standpoint. So I, I, I've seen or seen this misplayed a couple times that people don't know what to do with their spotters. Uh, for example, if you're playing top secret and you don't have a first wave and everything that counts as a reserve, how to bring on your mortar or <clears throat> howitzer that has a spotter people are like, okay, which one comes on? And they, they have what's called the shared order dice, which means right. in when they move on from reserve or what have you, they both move on at the same time. They, they make their run equivalent that they're able to do. Obviously, teams can go 12. Uh, artillery can only go 6 with a run as long as it's light enough and not a heavy. And that's only if you can't advance deploy. And I think in the book missions, you can always advance deploy. Except for top secret. Except for top secret. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which will get into that later too so and it's, it's more than just establishing a line of sight for what it does because keep in mind he's also an infantry model too which means he can claim objectives or he can contest objectives I don't think he counts as an infantry model he counts oh, wait. as an infantry model the, uh, the mortars the mortars count as Are infantry Correct. Your howitzer spotter does not. The spotter still counts as infantry. They're classified separately? Spotters are classified as infantry. Okay, alrighty. 99.9% certain on that. I know the <laughs> artillery piece itself is not. Alright, so if you, in the last turn of the game, he's close enough, and you allocate that dice... To the spotter instead of the piece. He can move, yeah. Could contest an objective. Well, or he's claim. infantry. He could claim. He could possibly claim it. Not unless you. Well, so. huh. Spotters always count as being hidden, right? I always count as being down. Down, not hidden. Yeah. So oh, that's right. Always count as being down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's 
So as long as the objective doesn't have the rule that you can't take it if you're a small team, like Operation Snafu does, mm-hmm. you could do that. Oh. He is treated separately and is not one of the crew, so he would be an infantry. Well, that doesn't, wait, that, doesn't, that doesn't say so he's classified as infantry. It says he's not part of the crew. But that doesn't say he counts as infantry. The artillery, so there's only, there's only three uh, unit classifications in the game. You yep. have to be one of the three. You are infantry, you are artillery, or you are a vehicle. Right. Or you're a spotter. <laughs> that, 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 I said but, three. <laughs> so why isn't he classified as, as artillery? Because right, artillery is classified as the model and the crew. And spotters are not one of the crew, as it says on 71. That's, so, but why well, does that, that make him an infantry? That could just mean that if, if, um, if you're taking casualties... He's not. He's not considered as part him. of the casualties. Why do they? Why are they not considering the spotters' feelings when they're not including him in the crew? Like, <laughs> I feel bad for him now because he he's not play, part he of. He doesn't the, play in those ranges. He's like games. a. He's just a. He's just like a crazy survivalist that's by himself now. Bunch of bullies. Yeah, what a bunch of jerks. <laughs> go. You go up front. See. See where they are and tell us where they are. But don't. You're not part of our crew. For me. That doesn't mean he's infantry, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Dale on this one. That it does not necessarily. I see the argument you're making, and I don't know that it's right or wrong because it doesn't tell you what a spotter is. It just says it's not yeah. part of the crew, even not though it's I, considered. Like if you, like it is bought with the artillery. So why would it not be artillery, even if it's not? Like it doesn't make sense either way. Like I agree yeah, with not, you, Pat too, but it's not the same. I don't know. Yeah, not that I don't. Both of us. I can I and I like, will. <laughs> Well, he can understand both positions. Not that I, I don't appreciate like fun shenanigans with, you know, moving things around and and that kind of stuff. But for me, and I, it just might be my need for things to be nice well, and tidy. If to, it's purchased as an artillery, then it's an artillery. Well, but, but at the same that time, may not be the, but at the same time, it's classified as a small team, which is only infantry. So I, I'm kind of now leaning towards Pat. Okay, this is a rabbit hole. So, we are not going to go down because this will take so us 45 minutes. Well, we're talking about the howitzer, which isn't a small team. Right. So which Those is artillery an artillery, unit. Ar- artillery unit? An artillery unit consists of two elements, the gun model and its crew. The right. spotter was not considered part of the gun's crew. Right, but it's still bought with the artillery, so I can understand that. Argument. He's still a spotter. And he still shares the order dice. He still shares the order dice, so that would still be bought with the artillery. Which... And it doesn't actually say that he is classified as infantry and therefore can claim or contest it. Although it does call him a small team, which is... I can see I can see their rules as intent saying oh, that he is actually does supposed... It, does it say that the spotter counts as a small team? Yes. Always counts as hidden or always counts as down as a small team. Right. Pat's looking at the rules right now to make sure. I was going to go back to the so beginning. That it's, it's not very clear. Hey, so version three talk. Maybe we should make things like spotters clear if they're like. Uh, there are games that have like a chart of like these things are this thing that makes it very clear what they are. So when you understand that kind of like right, because I mean, in all in, in argument to Pat's point is why are the crew not infantry? I mean to to extrapolate that further. Like, why is a spotter infantry, but the crewmen aren't? So you you couldn't your crewmen, your eighty eighth that's sitting out there, land an objective if they really had to or wanted to. They can't leave their gun. They though. can't leave right. their gun, but yeah, they can't leave their gun. Um, 
but or if, martyr crew if, can. Martyr if they're crew. set up, if they are set up, um, you just keep dragging. If the howitzer <laughs> is set up within three inches of an objective, mm-hmm. do they claim it? Can they and claim well, it? You know, right? So. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well. They can also you can also move those things too. Right, I could see yep. you just driving your eighty-eight into the table further and further to get on the objective, instead of actually taking setting it down and shooting it, like a smart boy would do, or girl. Okay, well that rabbit hole could get really deep really quick, and I'm sure it would get updated in the next FAQ if we wanted to ask them that question. Yep, set a snare over the hole and let's move on. Yep, uh, put yeah put a pin in it. Good luck. Uh, Let's let's take a little break here. A little breaky break. And come back. Sure. No? You wanna you wanna answer this right now, don't you, Pat? You're on the line with uh with well, Alessio I mean, right now. As far as spotters go, inexperienced mortars cannot take one. No, they can take them, they cannot take advantage of them. They, this is clearly yes. was uh That's true. called out you can in a Facebook can, you can post. Use them. You can buy them, you just can't use them. Which is an interesting I, you know, we were having. I saw the discussion happening on Facebook around this. Somebody was bringing this. I think it was actually a WTC list that somebody was posting. Yeah, and I was like, was. "Dude, you're posting this online like a chump." But yeah, he had at least. Dude, we we put ours out. No, I know, but well, he was. Too, so. It was well, before yeah. lists Welcome were due. Welcome to the though. chump bunch. Okay, it, it was before lists were due. Like I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's that's." I do him a chump. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I got the jump to conclusion mat out. Um, but yeah, he had inexperienced mortars with spotters. And people are yelling at him that he can't do that. And he's like, well, he clearly can. He like he, he just should argue. Well, I mean, he he was using it for a cheap, um, a cheap advanced deploy to to protect his to protect a sniper. Yep. Which I thought was an interesting ploy. I don't know if it was good or bad, but it was a he, he had yeah. And your inexperienced mortars aren't aren't necessarily ineffective. So right. And I think that's what he was going for. Is like the mortar is yeah. fine. Like I mean, I think Milas had an inexperienced mortar too, but I didn't bring the spotter because I didn't, I, obviously you can't use it. But he was using it for a different reason. I thought it was okay. It's kind of a weird way of using it, but anyway, yeah. pay the extra price. I'm still coming back to the fact that there's only three types of units in the game, and they have to be <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Larry Curly and Mo. By far, most common type of unit bolt action is in reality. This is all soldiers fighting on foot. Competitively speaking, the, spotters. Well, these, have, the easiest solution is just make it so spotters can't claim objectives. Right. Yeah. Well, in Operation Snafu, we simply say small teams can't do it. But right. they can still Which contest, well. right? What? Yeah, they still can huh? contest an they can, objective. Yes. But that's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that either way. Just don't but. try and do it with your medic because they ain't going to fly. <laughs> right. Medics don't count as any Geneva Convention objectives. Well, medics are infantry. Yeah, but it's, yes, but they have a Geneva Convention. They have a special rule. Role they role are of, yeah. ignored when it comes to unless you're German. Oh, objectives. Yeah, that's someone will offend. For someone, I'm someone sure. will be offended by it. Okay, uh, so Pat, thank you for picking the music and telling us what it is because now I can't say I don't know what it is. What's that's, the music? I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. I can't read. <laughs> Pat, what is it? You're gonna have to tell us. I'm blind. I can't see my monitor. Really? No, it's the Andrew Sisters' Here Comes the Navy. I think it's an appropriate song for the, the topic coming up next. So we're sure. we're going to talk version version 3 yet again because people seem to like it. And maybe we're going to sculpt and mold Warlord. No, I don't think we will, but I'd love to. Or alienate. 
Or, or yeah, get us kicked off of their mailing lists. <laughs> like, not allowed to order anything anymore. <laughs> like, hey, remember however we used to do that $50 free shipping? Uh, not for you. <laughs> well, that, that's gone right now, isn't it? Is it still gone? I think it is. I didn't get it last time. Yeah, so. I feel like... When it brings it back again, we may not. Yeah, we won't get it yeah. again. Actually, maybe they just took it away from us already because we suck that much. It's just us that doesn't Yeah, they've got right. a special cooking. Like, what are you talking about? It's 50 bucks. It's free shipping. Yeah. Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah, we, we opened the wrong email at one point and had no longer get the free shipping. Yeah, it's free real estate. And actually, they All charge right. us 20% more. Right? Sounds about right. right. Okay. All right. We're going to take a short break. Hope you like the music. you like the music i don't know what it was i'm joking still have to say it that way right pat i'll stop telling you what the music is <laughs> no it's fine i'll give you plausible deniability oh well i could have it if i didn't tell you that i we are that I you already put in the agenda for episode 52 but i won't tell you what it is Ooh, that i'm that one i will listen to Ooh. is it your rendition of 
the Siegfried line? Yes, I, 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 I guess it. <laughs> you karaoke it? Sweet. All right. right. Nice. Uh, no one's listening to episode 50 ever. I think it'll be a good episode. Should be any worse than the rest of them. There can't be any worse than the rest of them. Challenge accepted. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to get shitty drunk. So we're going to talk version three yet again. It's been... So we talked about it in episode 37, and we said that it would be the topic for our next episode, and we haven't touched on it since then. Well, so. that's, that's only a couple episodes ago. No big deal. Right? 12? That's okay. I'm sure I there's at least math, a yeah. large percentage of our listeners that are like, oh, God, they're going to start wishlisting again. Yeah, right. There are some that will. Although, you know what? I've gotten more people... We've gotten more people on Facebook giving us feedback about things related to version 3 than we have people complaining about it. So... Uh, let's yeah. let's start out with a couple of these. So I think that's that's a good place to start. So Dewey Cat, uh, everyone knows Dewey Cat from all of the C episode one through forty nine. Um, right. At some point, we talk about Dewey Cat. He was on one of them. He was on one he of was. them, and pretty uh, pretty active in the bolt action community. It was while mm-hmm. Jeff was being dodgy and disavowing 3D printers exist or did anything while he assembled his during the episode. Right. So, yeah. No. I just needed a night off to actually assemble the data right. thing. No, that's fair. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so Dewey Cat's got some ideas. He, he listened to one of our episodes. We talked about Whoa. Sorry. That was me. I spilled he, the He was assembling another 3D printer over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the stuff that he Like, I don't remember which episode. This was a recent episode that we were talking about some version 3 stuff. So, we talked about some different version 3 stuff again. Uh, so, version 3 rule set. Uh, veteran HQ can act as a spotter for an onboard indirect weapon in their actual platoon. This represents experienced officers were able to act as spotters in real life and would encourage use of, H- of vet HQs. Uh, I, I don't know that I would limit it to, to just veteran. Just make it a purchasable upgrade. Sure. That's what I like. Purchasable, up, purchasable upgrade. 10 points to act as one uh, spotter for one of your weapons. 15 any, points any one of your so weapons. I can spot spot for all of your weapons. I just make it a straight 20 point upgrade you can spot for all your weapons. There you go. I mean, I like it from a standpoint Before of... you get the helicopter. <laughs> you just riding around in a helicopter? No, no, the, the Korea one, one of the, one of the helicopter options is to act as a spotter oh, for sure. mm-hmm. all indirect fire. That, I, yep. I don't... I like this idea because it gives your lieutenants yet another thing to do in the game. Makes mm-hmm. them feel valuable. Uh, instead and of just makes, being attacked... It makes and it makes their positioning, it, it, you know, you got to pay attention yep. to their positioning, not yep. only in addition to you know if you need their morale bonus or something. But, sure. Yeah. Well, and you and you don't give it to inexperienced. Sorry, I'm like fizzing in into the microphone. Um, right, I wouldn't let inexperienced do this because that seems cheesy. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be all right with restricting it from them. Just regular veteran. Well, I mean, mortar teams can't make use of inexperienced spotters anyway. Right. Well, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Inexperienced mortars can't make use of spotters. Dude, my my uh, veteran mortar is not going to listen to an inexperienced lieutenant. They're like some green guy just showed up, and they're like, "Fire over there!" And they're like, "Nah." Mm, I think they might. <laughs> they might, depending. They they can get his morale bonus. Be Mulligan's mortars. It's just coming down all over your own guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go. Uh, so that was one. And then another, uh, Bravo Mike sent us one. I, this one's a little bit more, there's a couple more thoughts in here, I think. So uh, keeping a, a version 3 update, tripod-mounted MMGs causing more pins. LMG on trucks cost five points more than a squad one, but shoot at a minus one, uh, which I would never agree to that one. 
and then uh, oddball oddball. So this is an odd, this isn't oddball, Mike. I, I have seen this before. Uh, three or four black dice in the dice bag. Once all are drawn, the turn ends. So I, I, they're commonly referred to as fate dice from right. things yep. that I've ever seen them. Game. I, I think it's a game mechanic. Jason did that one of his. He scenarios. did. Jason did this at one of the tournaments he ran. Yeah, I. I love the idea of, of fate dice. I, I can understand why. I hate it. Yeah, I know why you hate it, and, and I, I was just about to say I could see why people would hate it too. Yep. But I love the idea of it, um, kind of speeding the game up in a sense that like you're going to yep. do the most important thing first. You're not going to wait until your tenth dice to do the thing that you were going to be cute with, right? It makes it much more front loaded per se, the turn would be much more front-loaded, which I think is interesting. I don't like this. Mm. Okay, so I'm in minority here? No, no, well, no, no you're, you're equal. Oh, oh, you're because yep, you, I like, you it. like it too. Okay. I like so it. So it gets kicked up the chain for someone else to decide on. No, no, well, I could... Actually, I kind of like it. Okay, so hear me out. This would be an interesting way of being able to change the mechanics of the game as well. Right now, an intelligence officer lets you put a fate dice back in. Right, something like that. Or your LT once a, once a game can put you know on one of your turns could put a dice back in and be like, no, the the turn isn't over. I really need to. I'm going to push the advantage right now. You could lose an entire turn. First three draws, fate dice, fate dice, fate dice. Okay, guess that turn's done. But it affected your opponent as equally as much as you most likely. If it was the first three dice, and then you just okay, you lost a turn. Who cares? I, I, I think the only valuable upgrade you'd want if there's a fate dice, but then it'd be so valuable, every army would have it, just like the, everyone had a dispel scroll back in Warhammer yep. Fantasy days, would be after all the fate dice have drawn, you can issue one more order automatically. Mm. <clears throat> think about that snap to action order. How powerful that would be. Like, it's seemingly... Potentially the snap <coughs> to, to action order, um, but the um, I the 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 play style I enjoy I find that I enjoy in bolt action is reactionary, and this puts a lot of pressure on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Which makes which does which is why I kind of like it because that would put that additional pressure. You're really gambling in in that scenario. So, there's, I, in my opinion, there's a time to be decisive if you're setting up for the next turn, those kinds of things. But quite often, I find myself that I'm reacting. That's how I build my lists. That's how. That's just what it is. That's your play style. I play. I apply pressure. They act, and I react and ship things around. The fate dice really mucks that up, which would make it challenging. So interesting. I I, I could I don't sell like more it dice because you, you know. It, Every unit does get to act, and when you choose to do so in that turn is a lot of what you're setting up for, a lot of what you're waiting for, and all of a sudden that doesn't come, and that's, I don't, I, it, it dramatically shifts to what bolt action is. Oh, it, I could see it in a scenario, you know, maybe one scenario out of a five-game tournament and everyone's having to play it and you're having to adjust it for that one, but boy, would I just be irritated as a piss because I guarantee <laughs> it would not go my way. <laughs> I would get to act two things. The other guy would get to act 30, 50% or 70% of his army and the turn would be over and it'd just be like, where, where is the competitive fairness in that? It's not fair. It isn't fair. Right. Competitively speaking. 
I, I mean, it, yeah. how is it? Yeah. But how is it fair that somebody pulls five dice before you? I mean, my dice are still coming eventually. If you're not, if, if, you're, if your unit's pulled. getting shot off the table, it doesn't. Like, well, I could still go down with them, right? Okay, so, which means they're not they're not activating anyway. So, but at least but, I have an option to go down with them. Right, you could do that anyway. You're still playing. Uh, fate dice take away your ability to act. They take away your ability to plan to act. Right. So. Right. I. I and I, I know that one of the games that we've toyed around with, the Test of Honor, does have this system in it, and it's, and that's, uh, more of a campy kind of game, if you will, where it's kind of everything's kind of fun. It's supposed well, to be like a skirmishy a level too. Thing, skirmishy yeah. level, and that's skirmishy that's, level. Well, it's it's so got a lot I, of weird mechanics. I played in yeah, I played in Jason's tournament where we had this in a scenario, and I loved it, and we had a great game. You know, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. Very narrative driven game or campaign though right it was mm-hmm. it was campaign stuff it wasn't necessarily like competitive tournament. competitive tournament per se it was absolutely a okay. competitive tournament okay. i i don't i i think it stops some of the shenanigans of well to to your point dale it's a, of a play style that i don't particularly i i play the same play style because it's i think it's it the game favors it but you know you're not going to put your first four orders down on the unit that's in reserve now Right, you know they they don't have to act that first turn when they're going to be in reserve. Well, so it's um, you you have to you have however many dice fate dice have been pulled will dictate what you do what you choose to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So it changes you know, the game it's, for sure. It does. So right now, without the fate dice, um, the pressure you the pressure of the dice bag being pulled is. What you have set up, and whether or not you need a dice in that moment or not. Right. 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 Um, so this is an additional twist on that, um, because of okay, I still have four dice left in the bag, and there's only one fate dice left to go. Um, have I acted decisively enough so far this turn, or have I hosed quote unquote hosed myself by not? Activating enough yeah. of the things that matter. Oh, and there's that fate dice, and so now, now you. Well, know. but, but I think about it in a sense like I, I don't know. I think it's a fabulous idea. I think we need would obviously need significant play testing to figure out what the level is, and if there were other additional things you would need to bring into it. Um, let's go back to far here. more narrative than competitive. I, I think it can still be competitive. I think you just have to play differently than where where the it's not the same game. Right? It, no, it's like changing playing it. chess, and then you randomly, at the end of five moves, you randomly move one piece of yours and no. three pieces. It's, from it's not quite no, like, because it's not because quite like, like if it was like that, it'd be like chess where one guy brings thirty pawns to the board, and you're like, oh, get and fuck. I get three queens. Like, I mean, like, right? That's not it's it's not. Uh, I'm trying to think of the words to use here. It's not. Nothing. Not everything is balanced. It is balanced in a sense that it's still, like you said, a point buy system. It affects both players, but it affects equally. both players. And it and if you play the odds, like yeah, okay, it it favors a smaller list army. All of a sudden, those giant Soviet lists become less potent if a couple of their units don't get to activate. Now they're going to start mm-hmm. thinking about how they play their list. Do they're going to play it differently because they're now they're like shit? I don't want to lose out on my fate dice. So I'm going to bring a slightly smaller list. You know, it 
it changes the the idea the it changes the game. It, like I said, it change it does change the game, but it changes. I think it's it, a different game. I though. think it makes a positive change to the game. It's I, chaos bolt action. I, I disagree. I, how is it not already chaos, Pat? I, th- I I think you're failing to see the the chaos that already exists within the turn structure. Like the. Are you you're right. Your units might get to act later in the game or in the turn because your opponent drew six dice. Like, what in what scenario have you not seen? Like, I've always I always see this early early turns. You want your dice late, late game, late turns three well, later. You typically want your dice sooner. Like so, I'll, depending let me on encapsulate list. this um, with fate dice. Um, it is entirely possible. You could lose a game because of it. Um, you, you, you're right, but you could lose it for lots of other reasons too. You could lose it by not getting your dice drawn when you needed them. I mean, that's the same. Argument. Okay. Um, well, somewhat. I mean, I think we all already accept um, those scenarios. All those other scenarios, typically. Sure. Uh, oh, I foobard, and now I've lost. Um, but in those scenarios, typically there are any number of things you might have done wrong leading up to that. But if it's the last turn of the game and there's three objectives, you've already covered one, your opponent's covered one, and there's the third objective, and they pull their dice, they move on to the objective, you're ready to assault, all the fate dice have been drawn. You don't get a chance. Sure. And you should have played differently up to that point during the game, so that didn't happen. Right. You might sit on an objective a lot sooner, given that, too. Now, that's not to say... But, I, I mean, there, you, it's just... Yeah. I mean, and, and, that's, and, that, and that's not, you know, I'm not... You know, that could have happened two turns in a row. I mean, there's some... It's going to happen to all of us at some point. Um and that can be really difficult, especially if it's an important game, right? Kind of thing. But how is it any different than your opponent drawing the dice out, and it so happens to be a unit that can shoot off that single model? Like it doesn't. It because because that's because that's already in the game. We already accept it. Um, sure. And there there might be some people that don't enjoy that aspect of the game, and so it's just we've you're adding something again on top of it that is out of your control. Now, uh, I'm not saying that you can't play differently and it doesn't add some drama. I, I'm just acknowledging the drawback sure. I think that, that Pat is bringing up. I, and and I, I don't disagree with him. So I, I, just, I, can, underst- I can see it. I, I don't think it's chaos. I don't, I don't think I would call it that far down the rabbit. Like, to me, it's not so far as to call it compl- like this game shit because they introduced this thing. right? If I don't know that they're going to. I could, I could see it changing over the course of the game to be more less swingy. I don't know how you would do it. There's lots well, of ways you could implement it. Bolt so, action already has a tough enough catch-up mechanic as it is, and I think this just would amplify that. Why? Yeah, this could snowball pretty hard if you if you if you're unlucky in the first couple rounds and then the fate day. No, oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on. It doesn't do All that. these people that are great bolt action players tell me luck doesn't exist and my <laughs> dice rolls are just as average as everybody else's. Right. Well, <laughs> well that's that's true. But, in, in for me over the course of a 6-turn game, I think those things very rarely does it not swing back around unless you get hit so hard in the first 3 turns of the game that there's just not enough opportunity for that to come back around. 
In which case, you've probably been playing against Dale. Um, it's possible. So, but again, it's it's just um, this this is a rule that would never fly at the WTC. You know, I mean, that's it. Just beca- competitively for, speaking, it's, it's yeah, competitively, yeah. yeah, competitively I, speaking, this could potentially be like a deal breaker for some of those those types of players. Um, but well, I, I, mean, th- I think you, know. you can learn. If everyone played the way they're playing now, I 100% agree with you. It changes the game. That's that's the changes how you play. The it's game. how you play the game would change dramatically. Like you would start to see a far more aggressive offensive. In, in my mind, I think you would see a lot more alpha. Like you would see reserves wouldn't change. I don't think you would see that. You would see. You would actually see. Is that a more interesting game? A bunch of alpha strike lists. No, I don't think you. I, I, if I hit harder, faster, I win. I, that sounds like forty. How does it sound any different than what is going? Then on Then I now? bring thirty order dice now, right? I mean, that's just the same thing in a different direction. Right, it's, everyone's skewing a different way. That's not any different, in my opinion. I think this. I think this brings balance to some things that I think are unbalanced. Personally, like the force. Yes, it would bring balance to the force for sure. Cheap, <laughs> but, cheap points, efficient lists. Right. It. 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 Yeah. Favors a German list versus a Soviet list. It does. It, you're gonna you're gonna find more efficiencies. You're gonna see bigger. You're gonna see smaller order dice. You would see Actually, larger units. You'd, you'd see you'd a see, lot of vets. I a disagree. Lot of weapon upgrades. I kind of disagree. You think you'd see more dice spam still? No, I mean, um, so the, the strength of the Soviet list is they have high impact, high impact, um, cheap dice. Mm-hmm. And so, as long as they're able to act with those high impact dice, and they lose a couple dice, if it's your free squad, uh, okay. If it's if it's a unit that's on the back line or in reserve, okay. But think of as how many. As, but think of how many times you activate those high impact pieces early in the round. You almost always wait for the perfect opportunity to use them, and you're utilizing all those extra units to to essentially wait, right? Like that's that is a current strategy that, that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that's play. definitely definitely a, a way that you can play them. Yep. Um but if you have to go earlier in the round, so, IE which which still happens because yep. all your dice get pulled early and and that's 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 fine. Um I see those that the low the low dice count armies actually could be severely impacted here if they're not able to activate with half their army. Which is possible, right? I think it. Huh, interesting. I, I don't know. It's a very interesting discussion. I'm sure we could talk about this for hours. When they implement it in version three, you guys will both rage quit, and Jeff no, and I will I, be no. Trolling. I won't rage quit. I, I I like the rule. I think I think I, I could make this work. I'd be totally fine with it. And I still I I acknowledge that sometimes, you know, the game just doesn't go your way, and that's okay. Right. Um, but typically, I lose because I play poorly, or I'm playing against someone that's better than I am. So I mean. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, so. it's it's just a very interesting, different thing. Let's go back to a couple of the other things he brought up, and then we'll talk about some other version three stuff. Since this is our this is our topic for the episode, guys. Hey, we're going to just talk some version three stuff. Uh, so his other ones: tripod mounted MMGs causing D two plus one pin. I'm not sure what he means by tripod mounted. Other than that, just he, he just, means just, MMG just teams. MMG yep. teams. I didn't think it was like he's introducing a new rule. 
Uh, I think that's in line with some of the stuff we'd already talked about with MMGs. Yep. More. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. his suggestion last round, I really liked. I think this was... Yep. Yeah. So. I, I, and it, it, he, he says tripod, so you don't vehicle MMGs. Yeah, because he, he do does it. bring up the... He's going to bring it up right now. Uh, the next one is LM... Or, well, it's an LMG, but I'm, it's it's an MMG, I'm sure he's talking about, on trucks, costing five points more than they do in a squad, and shoot at a minus one. Um, less in favor of that. Yeah, I'm less in favor of them being... Well, well, this might be a this might be a, a reality thing because he also said, "Would you stand ten feet high yeah. on the battlefield, nothing but glass between you and the enemy?" So it's kind of like a nerves thing. I sure, think is what right. he's doing. I, I get it. Like I get it from a like a playability standpoint, though. No one would ever take out mount, mounted machine guns on a unit if it costs five points more than it. And at a minus one. Yeah, at, at one or the other, still would be bad. Right, got twenty five points of pop and minus one. No, I would. No. Right now, they're generally well, 15 points to yeah. put on a vehicle. I mean, so here, here's, here's an idea. Instead of, inst- I, I get what he's kind of going for, but instead of that, just make it if you mount a machine gun on an unarmored vehicle, it's flak only. Again, nobody yeah. would take them then, but. Well, not on unarmored vehicles, they would. Sure, sure. Good but point. the point is, is that's all they were really ever used. Nobody, no one drove around in a deuce and a half machine gunning Germans, all right? That didn't happen. <laughs> no, it was. It was Right. I I could see it. it would it would make armored transports a little more valuable. Sure, it would. I could. It would put them in lists. I could see yep. them being the same point cost they are now, and at a minus one, and I think that would still be acceptable. I mean, if it's a ten point, ten point, ten fifteen yeah. points, and it's minus one, sure, that's fine. Because really, yeah. I mean, there were trucks that had guns on them, but they were just cover fire, right? They're just there to. Sh- they're not even that. They're almost exclusively shoot at enemy aircraft. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, they're they're in a convoy. And right. They're, oh, they're good point. For yeah. when planes come strafing in to take out the convoy. Yeah, there's not a lot of actual like deuce and a halfs running up to the front line and dumping dudes. I don't think that's really how it works. No, but they can do the half track. Sure. But even then, they don't really want to risk the half right. track. That's not what they're. That's not what they were intended for. Correct. Logistical support, I believe, is what they were. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not. The concept of an actual armored fighting vehicle in common usage doesn't really occur in World War II. Sure. The Hanamag's close to it, but even then, it's still mostly a transport. Right. Except for the most experienced units. Sweet. So, um, I think we get some nuggets out of that. Like, I don't mind the minus one if it were, if it were the same point cost. If it's twenty five points, no way. Like that's that's. No, they're fifteen for vehicles. Right. No, but it says five more than they do on a squad. Oh, sure. Uh, Aren't there five points in the squad? No, they're 20. LMG, yeah, so it'd be a 25. LMG oh, yeah, is 20 yeah. in the squad. But if, if you change that L to an M, I think. Well, and I think LMGs are typically, I think I think they've always just upgraded them when they move them to a truck. It, it might be an LMG, but it's almost always, they always count as an MMG because they're mounted like that. There's a couple of uh, British armored vehicles that are open top that have LMGs. Okay. But no one takes yeah. them because yeah. they're not points efficient. Right. Take the MMG. Com- competitively speaking. <laughs> right, right. Right. So, uh, thank you, Dewey Cat and Bravo Mike, for giving us some ideas to talk about here. So, but we all we all did a little bit of homework. Dale will send you to the, to the end of the line uh, to talk about <laughs> version three things that we would change. So, uh, let's more more things we would change. Right, like more things because previously we had discussed the uh, uh, redoing of army books mm-hmm. amongst a lot of other stuff uh, and. The big one, I think, was removing the free army order dice. Uh, I think that was more Rick because his Germans never got a free order dice. Right. Right. And you can you can go back through episodes one through forty seven to understand how upset he was about his Germans not getting free order dice. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, salty, salty Rick back then. <laughs> Whatever, moved on to other. It might armies. only be one through seventeen, but no, it was. The, I mean, it just—it's still an argument that I would make that I think it's. Well, but now you're—it's imbalanced. Oh, sorry, you're playing Americans. They don't get a free dice either. Nope, nope, they don't. They just get to buy things and get upgrades for them, which is fine too. But the Romanians do. Romanians do, and that's why I brought the Romanian, or why I was like, there you Romanians. go. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I can get a couple extra order dice in here. Uh yeah, well, especially the the Soviet the Soviet side list that I was making because that list was getting bonkers free dice, but nobody likes that, especially me. I don't like free dice, so <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I'll start. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, my one of my changes is changes to uh, captains and majors, allowing them to replace your lieutenants. I'd like mm-hmm. to see something around that personally. Just the idea of like, I have to have a lieutenant, and now I'm going to buy a, you know another upgrade, a significantly more expensive upgrade, or just make your lieutenant an upgradable captain or major. I kind of get that that doesn't work like army structure wise, but we're looking at like a snapshot of a platoon anyway, right? Yeah. Yep. I don't know something like that, or like. I, I was even playing around with the idea, like I was thinking about how you could make this work. Is like if if you have a captain or major, do your do your unit leaders, like your NCOs in units, become higher level themselves? No, no, I th- no, because the non commissioned officers they are not right. Officers. Except they, you still need to have lieutenants around somewhere, so you could have a lieutenant in there. Yeah, but they're not in this particular engagement. Right. I mean, that's and that's kind of what I was thinking too. Right. But I like the idea of being able to. I also like the idea of being able to put your lieutenant in a unit, not just in, like, here's two extra dudes. Like he's actually leading mm-hmm. an army from a unit. But I know, again, that probably doesn't always make sense, like, historically. But And that's, yeah, that's it. I think you, you're moving into Korea where they were actually in, in embedded. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know how many... I mean, you've seen enough movies, right? Like uh, Band of Brothers, you know. Captain Winners, Captain Winners. Yeah, Winners is fighting alongside of him. He's leading the charge in a couple scenes, right? Where mm-hmm. he's not... He doesn't have one or two dudes and they're kind of sitting back. He's literally fighting with his, with all of his men. So it's just an interesting concept that I... I he's definitely an exception. Well, he was an exception in general as far as, like, I understand it, but... Uh, and he's got some bonkers special rules, too. Yeah. See episode 46. Pat's a steel trap over here tonight, competitively speaking. <laughs> All right, so that was that's my one change. I don't I don't like have a specific like this is how you would fix it. I just would really love to see something more competitively speaking around captains and majors. Just from a, they're so damn expensive. They need to be, they need to be something or allow you to at least get some of the discount back by not having to have a lieutenant on top of that. Right, just having a just having the higher officer yeah, I, take the lead. Right, so to be it should be zero one HQ officer. Right. Any yep. one of them would be fine, in my opinion. I don't think you need to have two of them. Now, mm-hmm. if well, maybe it's maybe it's zero two. I don't care. You can have two captains on the table if you really want to. That's stupid, but like, who's really in charge? Yeah, I, who knows? You'd have to designate one of them to be in charge. But you know, I don't. I don't hate the idea of somebody having like not allowing someone to take an LT on top of a captain major. Is that three hundred points to put two captains? Yeah, on the table? something crazy like that. It is. Yeah, very close to yeah, it. Yeah, never lot. see that competitively speaking. No, you wouldn't. But the idea of having, I think you would see more higher officers if it were a, a single choice, right? Right, and you didn't have the tax of the LT. Right, 
this veteran veteran major is 165 by the way so okay. if you, so on top of a you know a first lieutenant at 90 yeah. points you, you're basically getting wow. you know you're getting an 85 point upgrade or whatever i just said 100 uh, 95 point upgrade oh and to, and to swing it the other way they kind of did uh something when the in the korea book where the they had the grizzled sergeant or something like that yeah who, who like for he was ninety points, but then he could also become your LT if your LT went down. That from the mm-hmm. other side of the, the other side of that particular argument. Okay. So I mean, it, it, they kind of have it existing in the working mechanics, although obviously it's five years later, and like you mentioned earlier, that the army structure wasn't really that wasn't what it was. Right. So, but then again, the army structure as it is now isn't speci- isn't specialized to each individual nation anyway. The fighting forces weren't the exact same in every nation. Sure, they, they definitely the structure was different between different nations for sure. So but they have they have set it to a, a standard, so to speak, for gameplay purposes. Right, and I think it's okay to break to abstract it a little bit. Sometimes I just think it's hard for someone to justify spending, you know, one hundred and sixty five points or whatever. One hundred, yeah, one hundred sixty five. And then points. another fifty or so uh, in addition to that. Or, or you're bringing, or you're, or you're chumping out on it anyway, and you're taking a inexperienced second lieutenant, if you can, right. Uh, yeah, some armies can't, but it just mm-hmm. it, it seems silly then because you're like oh, I'm bringing a captain and then I'm bringing like the greenest of lieutenants underneath him. That's sure, again, it's not very historically want. accurate. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is. I have no idea. But that's my thought. So Pat, you want to talk about yours next? Uh, sure. What did you so think of mine? My I I think they need a change to the Ford artillery and or air observers I, I know that they really kind of dumb these down and glaze them over just for gameplay sake but I think there's a real opportunity to make particularly the air observer a lot better so there's so I have got I got this in three different stages I've got the what you really should do what could make it cool and then this is awesome so what you really should do is when you roll that one, it should not come back on your line. It shouldn't be a hindrance to you to take that. It should just be basic core level that should be lost. Sure. The, what they should do better is that should just scatter to the nearest unit. So all the order dice have a little arrow on them, so you have a scatter dice available to you in your order dice. And it should just scatter to the nearest adjacent unit, whatever direction that is, and then resolve the airstrike normally. So that could still hit you? It, it could if you're close enough to what the target unit was or it might target one of the other units sure you know give it a range if you need to between 6 to 12 inches or you know 0 to 12 inches whatever does the um, air observer have it has to target a unit right air observer does target a unit artillery observer targets a spot he can see initially right so what they really should do um, back in a few episodes ago we were talking about the 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 rules for the actual aircraft being in, in your list is what they should do is you should pay for your air observer, you know, at 7, 10, or 13, whatever, and then pay for a corresponding particular aircraft that he has. So if you look at that list, um, off the top of my head, there was one of them that was like basically 200 points, and you can kind of figure out that that's roughly going to attack three times in a six in a six-round game. And they were armed with, like, MMGs and HEs and things like that, right? Some of them had bombs. Some of them had missiles and stuff like that, which acted as howitzers. 
uh, medium and heavy court respectively. So you, you pay your, your observer and then you pay the equal uh, inexperienced regular veteran cost. You look at that list and you could roughly third those costs and I think it kind of works out because now you're talking around 75 points for something that has four MMGs and two HMGs and he's calling in that, that plane specifically. Because having to roll in that chart and not being able to consistently rely on what you're getting really hinders your ability to build a good list. Uh, in Ian's case, speaking, he could, yeah. competitively speaking, he couldn't count on something consistently being able to do any damage to uh, uh, the, the Stuart's I right. because he kept getting the one the the single HE, so it's a single shot, and then flips the one, flips the two, or whatever, and it's not doing any damage. What he really wanted was the worst result in there, because it does 2d6 shots. It's still coming from the top. So you still keep the same flak rules in the setup that they have, which is, you know, you're setting 18 inches away is where you put the marker, and you measure all your flak on the board, where that marker's set down to see if anything can target that, and uh, they need to get rid of the fact that only three hits drives the plane away, because that's... You, two well, I think I think you would make it based on the plane that you bought, then, right? Like, if you bought, uh, you could do that. You know, if you're buying a cheap plane and it's, you know, it's a straight like a you know a, just a machine gun plane, you might not have any armor on it. Like, it might maybe three is appropriate at that one, but it might be cheap as hell to buy, right? I don't know. You could do something like that. Um, the other thing too is that. You get rid of this rolling the D6 and a 4 plus that comes in, a 2, 3, it's delayed, it's a 1, whatever happens. No, you you make it a reserve check for it to come in. So okay. thereby encouraging you not to yep. buy the inexperienced, you know, maybe the regular, the veterans, more what you want to. And so they get, one, they get one shot with that. Maybe you give them the option to buy a second plane or a second, you know, whatever. That, that, I think that would be a much more entertaining way to run the Ford Air Observers is actually have a specific plane that they have lined up that they can call in when it's ready to bring it in. I I, I like that third option a lot, actually. I'm all right with that. I, yeah. I do like what you're saying about like buying the specific plane because it will you would be able to buy it for the function that you your army needs. Right. Uh, you've built like, a list. I know my weakness yep. is I can't deal with armor. I'm not going to buy a plane that's just got a bunch of MMGs. I'm going to buy auto cannons, bombs, missiles, whatever that plane variant is. Right. Whatever variant is available to me that would actually be able to deal with the thing I can't. I think and they have would... a, a nicely flushed out list in that in that whole scenario that we went through. Right. Mm-hmm. I I appreciate that. I I think obviously there'd be finessing to make it work. One of the things that a little, always, little more costing would have to be yeah, in there. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want it to be a fifth of my army. Of like two hundred points for a thousand point, you know, thousand point list would be like why wouldn't I just take a freaking tank? But well, uh, I think that was episode forty three. Go after the break if you can deal with the rant and the raving because that was the FAQ episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you're not taking a tiger. <laughs> tiger plane. Yeah, don't take a tiger plane. I think there's a there was a tiger plane, wasn't there? Was there airplane fear? Well, there will be if it, I mean, I think one of the things getting back to like the idea, like what I like about bolt action as a whole is that the rules are simple. We make them obviously sound complicated, but almost always the most common sense answer is usually the answer that is correct. The nuances are complicated. Obviously, if you get deep down in it, we can discuss it for hours, but it makes it makes sense comparative to most other games and they try and simplify things like there's no there's no to hit charts there's nothing weird crazy like my my stuff is better in combat than yours because of this thing 
don't look at Gurkhas. Um, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, like, statistically speaking, everything is similar. Like, Gurkhas are an exception, but you're paying for it mm. to some degree. Not enough. Not Maybe not enough. Not enough. Says the Soviet <laughs> player. Um, wow. Shots fired. Nah, it's, nah, it's, no, it's fine. It's not enough. Yeah, none of, nothing's enough. Five more points. Yes. Nothing's ever See enough. episode. I don't know what episode it is. Well, I'm sure no, I've acknowledged I mean, that it, points could be rejiggered, so competitively speaking. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. It could be re- the points could be, could be <laughs> rejiggered. Yes, I so. heard the word. I was trying to figure out what you said before that. Which oh, I'm sure I've, I, I've acknowledged that the Soviet points yeah. could certainly be adjusted. So Yes. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. As someone I, who I really, plays with super points efficient. Uh, Troops, I certainly can recognize when, you know, others get to do the same. I wish, I wish everybody else got to do more of that. I wish every troublous historical games, right? I do like. I do wish that every army had more availability to be more than one meta. Anyway, uh, so Jeff, Jeff, what what is your one change? <laughs> Instead of me talking <laughs> about something. Uh, um, well, I mean. What we're just talking about this this kind of fits into part of it. Um, my one change is basically to take almost all of the army special rules and flush them down the toilet. Boosh. Just hey. eliminate them right out of the game. Hey, you know, every army gets one. Don't worry, don't worry, Pat. The British will get all their rules still. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. This every. might this might be leading into what I was thinking, but I'd like to hear more. Tell me more. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's basically you take all the army special rules that currently exist right now, and you move them into campaign books. Okay. Right? So, uh, so if you're playing that specific campaign, then you have special rules for your army above and beyond. Sure. What every army's one basic rule that stills you keep one special rule because some people just otherwise won't play anything because they don't think it has enough flavor. Right. right. Some people are very stubborn about that. But well, you can take the artillery observers out of the book altogether then. Oh, I'd be all right with that. But um, <laughs> the point being is that every every special rule you stack in, this is it's, the, it's my old rant from the Warhammer days with Skaven. Every time you take a rule that is different than the basic core rules, you're creating breaks in the system. Yep. And at a certain point, the number of breaks can be exploited by intelligent people and it becomes very difficult to balance the game anymore, truly balance it. Or span. And you're going to end up in a situation where, like GW did, where they just threw up their hands and told everyone just to play for fun, ha, ha, ha. No points, blow it up. <laughs> yeah, this, right. this, this isn't for tournaments. Right. Yeah, we're, we're a model company, well, not, a, not a game and company. I, and it's like, I think that's suck the it. beauty of what Jeff just said, though, is you move the, you move the special rules into, this, into the campaign books, which yes. means there's still the narrative and you can actually have that stuff in there. You bet. But, and if and if you're playing bolt action to play story and recreate history itself, that's there for you then. Well, and and right? the beauty of that too is like depending on the theater you're in, you might have different special rules. Like early early yes. US would have different special rules than late war US or even yes. Pacific US. Like yes, you would have different things and it would it would eliminate the the British like pick your flavor of which country you're in, which Commonwealth country you're part of right now, because that's and if you're in Western Desert, you can take three. Right, right. right. Well, that's what I mean. It just it starts getting 
every one of these rules stacked in just creates more and more imbalances. Sure. Right. And the negative army special rules are have have always been and are continue to be a bad idea. Italians. I agree. See well, episodes. Italians specifically, but you know, all of them are a bad yeah. idea. Army army rules should be fun and exciting. Yep. And it, it shouldn't directly make your opponent's game worse, which was my biggest right. complaint like Tiger Fear. So Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, you don't you get rid of Tiger mm-hmm. Fear because that can be a scenario driven thing or in a campaign book. Like if you want to put Tiger Fear in the Normandy book or the D-Day book or whatever, that's great because that's where, you know, that it actually would have existed and happened. Right. By late war we were like, "Yeah, fine." We're... Well, even then it's just like I don't know. Yeah. It it solves the issue of the Panzer IV having it. Right. You know. Right. Because then so. only certain scenarios would have that available to them, or theaters. Correct. Right? Oh, now the yeah. Panzer IV does have Tiger Fear right now. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like it. I would hate to see some of the special rules go because I think some of them are great and I do love them. But well, they're not going to go. They're just going to migrate. Right. Well, it, right. But it in a competitive scene, you would. I, I get your point, and I totally agree with it because I think you would see people. You do see people exploit them. Or you see certain armies picked over and over again because their special rules are better than everyone else outside of anything else. Right. 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 The Soviets get picked a lot because they get free units and they have efficient stuff, which, you know what? If you get rid of the free unit, they're still going to get picked because they have efficient point units. And Absolutely. Like, There's, it's not going to, like, kill Soviet no. players. Right. I think you can still build flavor into an army without having to necessarily have all those special rules. Well, the flavor is yeah. The flavor is in what units you right. pick, right? Like, you know, like if I'm just thinking of some of the lists, like a German SS list doesn't change. I mean, you lose the right. German special rules, but a lot of the flavor of that army, whether if it's a very bad flavor, but it doesn't taste yeah. good in my mind. But, um, but you know, the flavor of that list is still there, right? It's still they're still fanatic. They're still the same. It's the same army. You just getting a few less shots and your guy isn't doing such cool snapped actions. Well, exactly. And it addresses some of the imbalance that, frankly, there are... I mean, we just as I just said, there are some armies whose special rules are just so much better than oh, other sure. armies. Mm-hmm. You know? To the point where it's kind of like, okay, I get historically why you guys wanted to have this rule, but it makes for a, a poor competitive game. Competitively speaking. Competitively speaking. It makes for a poor game. <laughs> right. Right, and so I think that's, and of course you're going to rewrite the army books at that point. Which I think, I know we don't like the old codex thing where like 40k drops a new codex every three years, and you got to shell out 30 bucks for it, and that gets obnoxious. Plus all the new models you have to get. Right. Yeah, because you know you don't have to worry about the new models because it's World War II, and we're not reinventing anything back then. Um, but as far as the book goes, I don't think it's unreasonable to have a new edition of a of an army book every what eight years, ten years now. Yeah, I think it's more than fair to say they. I feel like they've they've held up their end of the bargain by saying we've got we've gotten through two versions on the same book. I yep. think it is okay to say version three we get new books. And hey, yes. warlord, you'll sell more books. You will sell books. People will buy them. I at I'll this point probably buy them all. Yeah, keep keep putting maps in them. Keep putting maps <laughs> right. in them. Keep With the armies of France book, it's just got a picture of France inside it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, look, it's France. And on top of that, it does the number one thing, which I think we've all agreed on is for the game, is keeping it simple. Right. Right. 
simplify. It doesn't have to be completely dumbed down, but don't overcomplicate things. Right. And right now, I feel like some of the Army Special Rules hinder the game through complication more than they help. Well, and and if you if they really wanted to go into like like you said about the theater selectors you could argue that they could put that in the back of this book where here are the army special rules per theater, for the theater selectors that are already you know all of all the books that are already published or just eras right give us give yep. us you know a, a year range for certain things and in whatever scenario you're in with within a within a given um, theater book or campaign that you're in you could change your army special rules. I yeah. don't think that's too bad. That'd be fun. No, just move the hinky stuff to the campaign books. So, my um, the thing I want to change kind of carries on from what Jeff's recommendation is. Um, I like I like the one rule, one national rule, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's interesting, fun, and balanced. But instead of, of taking all those extra rules and, and putting them into a campaign book, I think you put them into a platoon selector. Um, we've talked so about for example, this. Yep. So we've got this generic reinforced platoon. It's available to everybody. I think you, if you take a generic reinforced platoon as your selector, um, not attached to any specific campaign, you you get a special rule. If you take an artillery platoon, you get a special rule that bu- that buffs your artilleries. If you take uh, an MMG platoon, I mean, obviously you have to take, you have to fulfill the selection requirements for that platoon. But for example, if you take a reinforced platoon, you get, um, you automatically get a free medic and it brings your guys back on a five and a six. Right. Right. So everybody can take a generic reinforced platoon and get that buff. Um, and so then, you know, you get something fun, interesting, and it could be completely different depending upon what kind of platoon you put into. And mm-hmm. those selectors can go into your generic or your version three rule book along with your right. big five army national rules, things like that. And you could still do additional things in the campaign books, but I still think, you know, and you, you got one selector where everybody's fanatic or, you know, because you you're, you're probably taking that away from the Japanese and you start sprinkling in, you know, you have a motor pool selector and their MMGs fire better or, you know, you get one right. extra shot or whatever the case may be, yeah. you know. I've, um, I've, I've, I've actually played pretty deeply into this idea already um, for things that we won't talk about right now. But yeah, like uh, one that I one that I had in my mind was like a, a paratrooper selector. So you, all your HQ get stubborn, even if they can't normally get stubborn. Like things like that would be cool. Right. Yeah. The 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 special rule for your paratrooper platoon is everyone is stubborn automatically. Right. right. But but in that same same vein, right? You would be limited in other ways, which I think is the the key component to making it balanced. Is like. Okay, well, they don't give medium or heavy howitzers, right? Like they would right. have some detractor to make the positives work. I, I could see that being. A, I, I I love that idea too. Mm-hmm. I think it adds flavor, and it's if you make it available to all theater selectors now. I, there's arguments to say that like some armies just didn't have a paratrooper selector. But yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, there's still certainly a trap of the min maxing. Yeah, and. 
You know, sure. it can be exceedingly difficult for that one national rule to be, you know, within, you know, whatever variance of all the others. I mean, you don't want a huge spread, but I just, you know, I feel like there's got to be, you know, because then that makes that makes shopping and building your uh, shopping, you know, building your list, tweaking your list a little bit more. But shopping's not entirely inaccurate. A little more interesting. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, you know, I mean. Well, it's and in some ways it's a new way to use some old models too because, right, like you can still bring paratroopers in a reinforced platoon, but now if you like, oh, I want to play this other, the, re- the, the paratrooper variant, it would give yeah. you a different game altogether. You know, mm-hmm. I, they're all stubborn and you get special deployment rules. Right. You know, yep. I mean... You know, just so that there's a way, you know, that this this type of, of uh, platoon plays in a particular way. Uh, here's a cavalry platoon, you know. Everyone gets them. Um, yeah. Then, you know, it's, I just, I, I don't know. I think there might be a way to make. So so, so the version three rule book has five different platoons um, that you can, that you can, put on the table and each one has its own unique kind of fun special maybe has two special rules sure you know so automatic upgrade yeah. uh, a free a free unit um, you know yep. it whatever the case may be so. right because that right so I, I'm almost kind of picturing this in my brain right now like so Soviets have lost their free unit right yep. they don't get a free unit but if they pick you know, if the Soviets have their whatever their one special rule is, whatever Jeff decides that is, because they, they get it. a sweet commissar, right? Okay. Whatever. Okay. Th- there's a commissar right. unit that they always get, and it does something, right? So they yep. so they get a commissar yep. unit, whatever. But now, if you bring a Soviet city defense list, you would get that extra inexperienced squad, right? But you're limited in some way because you're doing a city defense list instead of a reinforced platoon. Right. Or, you know, if that, and it may not even be a campaign selector. It might right. be, you know, um, uh, reinforced, reinforcement platoon, whatever right. the case may be. There's always a one, one fresh squad of inexperienced guys that are in that list. Right. And because every, everyone can take that selector, everyone, if you take it, you get that free squad. Right. Right. In addition, yeah, I, I totally, I think it's oh, it, it, it streamlines the only limiting the reinforced platoons, competitively speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. It. In what way are you saying that, Pat? Like, competitively well, speaking. So, normally speaking, uh, theater selectors, for example, Operation Snafu is not an option. Right. So, by taking those special rules that Dale's talking about and putting them into theater selectors, you can say, okay, here's we're doing a narrative game. This is, these are the type of things that are allowed. You can do all that. Hey, this is a competitive event, so only these, only the reinforced platoon, thereby eliminating those extra little. Well, no, I think I think we're talking about introducing right? them into more competitive play in a sense that okay. there are five. There are five. I'm putting air quotes out oh, around right, 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 reinforced okay. platoons. Right? There's just variants of that platoon. Like right. So you know, a reinforced platoon is your lieutenant, two minimum, two infantry squads. Three additional squads. You know, if you go down the list of what is available or required in your list, but you change those those requirements to match a new list in a different style. Sorry, I thought I was building on what Jeff had said. Kind which of. Just take all the special 
and put him into theater. I, I think campaign it's, it's like a variant of, yeah. of Jeff's recommendation. It's a different it's idea. It's, it's taking some of the rules away from any specific nation and allowing anyone to get access to them. Gotcha. Right. So now, like an example I just brought up was like a city defense reinforce a, a city defense platoon. So their job has been to hold this hold this point. Right. So they may be have given they may have gotten an extra squad of, of troops to support them and they're inexperienced. But now any army could take a city defense list and get that extra reinforcement. Right. Get get uh, that pe- uh, extra people's army. Unit. Yeah, people's right. army, right. Whatever you want to call yeah. it. And they get that extra inexperienced squad. So You've any got the army last could take stay it. in platoon, everybody's fanatic. Right. There's you know there are ways that that could be exploited for sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you would have uh, it'd be a challenge to balance it in a good way, but I think this would be a great opportunity to do that. In my opinion, it's version three. Like you said, we've already getting new books. Most likely, getting new books. I would hope to see new books. You're selling fate dice. It's just everyone gets fate dice. Um, I don't think. I think those are less. I think fate dice is less likely to make it in. But uh, <laughs> I like this idea because well, other games have played with this idea. Right, I, I know for certain. Like, if you do certain things in a certain company, that sounds like the oh, just yeah, Games Workshop, whatever. Uh, yeah, so Age of Sigmar has some of this stuff. <laughs> so I already yeah, said it. Okay, so. good point. So Age of Sigmar <laughs> has some of this. Yeah, la- sound, yeah, rhymes with Lames Workshop. Lames Workshop. Yeah, lames. yeah, there we go. Now we won't get sued for sure. <laughs> no, it you know they their Age of Sigmar thing has battalions inside it. If you're not familiar with it, that do similar things. You, if you take these three units, you get some bonus, right? You get a you get a little extra nudge. Or I think in their case, I think you actually have to buy the upgrade, right? I think you have to buy that special special battalion, and you pay a, a you know not a significant amount of points, but. You have to put something into it to get something out of it, but I think everything has changed so much since. Yeah, it, I, it's it been, been a long time since I paid attention to it. So, but if you pick one of these specialized, I'm going to call them divisions. If you That's pick one way. of these specialized platoons, divisions, whatever, the what it's what it's what you can take then is limited inside it, right? It's got yes. a list of what you can yeah, and yeah. can't take. Yep. See, so right. that, it makes perfect sense because that's going to help people that like complain that there's no theme because like then you're like you're going to be themey inside a an infantry company or a city defense list. Those will be themed. Right. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it could tend to homogenize, um, you know, some yeah. of what you see in regards to, from a historical perspective. Um, obviously, each, each one of the nations organized their forces differently from the others and at different periods of the war. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it, it's, it's more an attempt to add an additional layer in army construction um, uh, hopefully, if and the real trick is to is to and I mean it's the same the same with just recommendation. You have to do a way. You have to do your best to come up with with army rules that are fun and interesting and exciting and balanced, which is is really difficult. But you know, I mean, we're starting to see some some good, interesting, new kind of rules. You know, the helicopter. Uh, adjustments in Korea, I thought was really interesting. The new Sturm Group in the Stalingrad book, um, the new Commissar. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. yeah. they're they're new rules that kind of have a wider, you know. So I think they're starting to think a little the bit more outside of the rules. box. Um, well, Tiger Fear, <laughs> we've already kind of. I know, I'm joking. 
just you know, they have come up with some good ones. They, they get the so, they get the. Um, I you know it's and this might be one of those things where hey let's get out in front of it and let's come up with let's spitball you know some of these things and and send them in and who knows yeah. maybe they'll like it enough to maybe consider it who knows it's just uh, one I of don't the, know. one of the things I like about it competitively speaking is that it allows anyone to take take anything right or well, not anything but okay I've see episode episode one through forty eight where I've complained about free units in games well okay now all of a sudden i have access to it regardless of my army right i have to be fair i don't think you complained about last I, episode the also said oh 47 excuse me one through 47 <laughs> excuse me um i've been corrected but you know just the idea of like some of this stuff is accessible to all i am not like i think that's a benefit to me in the game mm-hmm. well i mean it, it's you know, if if you're going back to game design and you're thinking about rock paper scissors, you know if you've got you know what was that rock paper scissors lizard lizard Spock. If you've got five different things and three will always be better than two depending upon how how it rotates. Or if you at least could set it up so that you know depending on your power scale, if you've got three things that you're looking at in regards to what is good and efficient, the, the strengths and the weaknesses. If you have two strengths and one weakness. So, you know, this is this is really good mobility and great defensively or whatever the case may be. As long as there's some definitive weaknesses that can be taken advantage of from a different platoon, maybe something, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. Sure. It's just, you know, and that all goes into balance and things like that. It's just I mean, we're all starting kind of relatively balanced because a rifle rifleman is a rifleman. Right. It's just, you know, I think I think there's there can be some really cool things that that could happen. It, and it would be fun and, and, and interesting. And, you know, it would, I, and that might be why I like the fate dice idea too, because it kind of makes you think differently about the game. So, yeah, it, it definitely is a, it, I think to Pat's point, I could see fate dice being much more narrative. It does add to the fog of war, but that is not something competitive players. Like I understand that, but I, I like fate dice myself. Uh, I love all of these ideas. They're fabulous. Competitively speaking, who knows if they're good. We'd have to play test. Well, they definitely need a lot of play yeah, testing. Yeah, and I, and and Warlord, I know you're listening. We'll, we'll do that. I we are more than willing to do that. We're more than willing to give you these rules too, in any fashion that we can help you with them. Because please see episode forty nine. Yeah, we we would love. I this is that's this episode, Pat. I know. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm like, holy shit, is this episode fifty already? So we've been doing it this long tonight that it's episode fifty already? Okay. All right. Actually this is this is episode fifty for us because we never released oh, our true point. episode Ooh, one. Snap. It was the episode that we do not speak the, of the, the, episode that the, shall the, not be named. The episode that shall not be named because it's never yes. been named because it was a hot stinking garbage fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. It dude, it sucked worse than twenty twenty. The, the, that's some, that's the show something. or the because the, the show is kind of not that great either, but the year you were talking about the year yeah twenty twenty is a show yeah. isn't it? Is it still a show? I don't know either. Um, Who the hell watches network TV? I, don't I, it's, I, I think it's yeah I don't know. Someone will tell us on Facebook I'm sure because that's how it works. That's how Facebook works. Is we just spew lies on on the internet and people tell us we're wrong. <laughs> right? That's how it works. Competitively that, speaking, for for forty eight plus episodes so far, yes, that has been the case. All right. Well, I say I don't think the trend's going to break. Let's keep it up, fellas. At least to episode mm. fifty. 
Challenge accepted. All right, great. Mm-hmm. Competitively speaking, let's go on to the next topic. Unless we have anything else we want to talk about version 3. I think we could talk about version 3 for another 12, off, 12 hours if we really wanted to. Yeah, we should save some for the sequel. Yes. Right? Version 4? Version... <laughs> <laughs> sure. Version 4, we start introducing nukes. Right. If we keep talking about it long enough, version 4 will be out before you know it. All right. Let's talk about some non-competitively speaking episode, our, our scenarios here. Right? Let's talk about the stinkers in the book. They're actually they're not stinkers. I won't call them stinkers. They're fun. They're they're very they're very fun uh, narratively scenarios. But they yeah, they're not competitive. They're, they're not a competitive scenario. Competitively just, speaking, go. they're not good. Okay. Right. All right. So let's let's talk through these scenarios. Uh, do we want to really talk about what's inside them, or do we just want to tell you what they are? You can go read them. Top secret. Okay. So this is a bad mission, top, and you should feel bad. It's top secret. Don't tell anyone. Don't play it. No, this is a fun narrative one. When you like, if you're going to like introduce a 500 point game to your buddy, this is a fine scenario. Sure. Play it on a smaller board too. If if I showed up to a tournament with a 1250 point list and I drew top secret, I'd be like, let's go get a beer and just for those at home. This, this is, is, suck. is this? I'm trying to remember the scenario. Is this a scenario where the things in the there's an objective and somebody can grab it and run off the table with it? Yep. That's that's the yeah. thing, and it, it's it's riddled with a couple of, of problems in it. Yeah, that so, happened to me my last time. I, I think we played it. I played it recently. I don't remember where I played it, but I was like, "What the? This thing just ran off the table. What the hell? I didn't even get a chance." Uh, well, you weren't at Recon Rumble. We had we played a better variant. Of no, no, no. I was at Recon Rumble two years ago. That's where it was. Uh, we did, yeah, it, 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 we played a better variant of it. This one's even worse. Yeah, well, that variant wasn't very good either, Pat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Maybe for everyone else it was. It wasn't for me. My, uh, well, I had Cav was just loving it. Oh, for sure. There were lots of things that loved it. My opponent loved the shit out of it. My, 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 what the, whatchamacallit, <laughs> the duck kept backing up instead of moving forward. <laughs> well, that's a different problem. Well, no, nothing to all it took was one, ba- one, one bad roll. That- that's your LVT with performance yeah, issues. Yeah, there was definitely some Viagra issues there for sure. But All right, so the scenario is there's an objective uh, basically on the center line. It can be moved 12 inches right or left from the center of the table. Yep. But it can't be. It has to be on the center line. Yep. Um, there is nothing set up on the board to begin with. Everything is in reserve. Okay. Not first wave, reserve. Oh, jeez. But during turn one, you treat everything as, as, as those turn two, so you can try to bring your reserves in play. Right, so just okay. forego turn one, essentially. Right. Yep. And then what you're supposed to do is uh, get the the marker in the middle. So if an infantry unit must advance or run and then move within with one model of the unit touching the objective, uh, the following turn the model will that model will carry this marker as the unit moves. If the model carrying the marker ends its move within one inch of a model belonging to a friendly infantry unit, which by the way can only be the unit as part of because you can't end your turn with one inch of another unit, it can transfer it once per turn to another model. This is to avoid them basically stringing it off the board if you'd like gone conga line or something like that. Or in a building. And then once it's taken off the board, they win. Any other result is a draw. Okay. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's riddled with holes is how it's Easily. Well, the big thing is like, okay, so if it ends its move within one inch of a model belonging to a friendly infantry unit, that can only be the unit it's in. There's no other way that can be. (laughs) Yeah. You can't hand this to another unit. You know. You know how this is written. 
I, yeah, I don't know if that's how they intended it to be written, but right, right. But I mean, technically, by the rules as written, you can never charge out of rough terrain. So, right. <laughs> I mean, well, and, and it also says ends its move. I mean, we know you can move within one inch of units during the course of a move, but you have to end at least one inch away from any other unit. Right. 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 So, and this actually says the marker ends its move, which means it can only ever be transferred in the units it's in. I mean, I guess they should have just written it that way then, but that's the... Uh, right. I mean, in reality, the unit should just... The unit is carrying it. Great. Okay, so the unit has it. It can't transfer it. Okay, move along. It's just an objective that's carried with the unit now versus a yeah. single model. I think the, the single model thing is a problem in itself, but... Well, because it, it can be sniped off and yep. then they drop it. Sure. Actually... Well, if, if the if the model unit is killed, it goes to the another unit, another model right. unit. So it's no different. If someone kills that unit, then it just sits there. Right. Uh, if someone does a close assault, then they regain the objective if they win. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that wouldn't change even if it was just the unit had the thing. But it again, and then I think because you you alluded to it that mount mount cavalry can still take it, right? And they move a heck of a lot faster. Well, because cavalry is technically infantry. Right. So they would be able to not just... Not technically, they are. Yeah, not technically. Wait, they're not, they're not artillery? Competitively speaking, they are cavalry. I, 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 think, they're, I think they've got to be artillery. <laughs> Maybe they're... See episode 49. That's this one. Yeah, I know. That was the joke. <laughs> I brought, I, you know, see, I brought it back again. I know. Yeah, it's a, that's a clapback, buddy. It's a professional, if nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I can see why this is a bad scenario in general. And it's not... Competitively speaking... You have no control if you have shit dice. Shit dice happen. It's it feels like a game of dodgeball, and you're you're either going to be the fast guy, or you're going to be the slow guy. Right. So so you're either going to be moving it off or trying to kill the unit that has right. it with everything right. you have. There's little. It feels like there's very little actual strategy to this, really. But maybe that's by design. Because sometimes you need to just like be hyper aggressive, and that's basically what this scenario is trying to do. But okay, yeah. let's let's talk about the next one, which is demolition. Is that... just blow uh, stuff up. Again, I tried to run a, a better variant of this, and it ticked off numerous players this year. Oh, fun! At uh, Recon Rumble. So this one is uh, you have. There's no first wave, so you're you're deploying people. Uh, there is you set up an objective that you have, some sort of model or token or whatever. You set it at least 20 inches away from the center line in your deployment zone, and basically all someone has to do is at the end of is at the end of a round. Um, at the end of any turn, if an enemy unit is touching that, they win. So basically, Finland should never lose this game. No, right. Well, if they take their guys. So. Well, the the caporal something or another, the K holers we like to call them. Mm-hmm. So okay, it, it's a, and I've even had this. I've played this one, and I think I played against Dave one time, and he had a, a vehicle that was lined up, and I did everything I could to protect protect it, and all he ended up doing was just tank shocking the troops that were trying to protect it and touched it and got to the objective and there you go game over it's like he even goes well that was really unfulfilling I'm like you're telling me and this one doesn't 
doesn't take away outflankers, so there's even a better chance. But I guess it's one of those that if you know that's the case, you better defend the crap out of that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, some of these might work depending on army selection and things like that. I mean, in advance, you know, you limit yourself, but both players have to do that. Yeah. Again, it's a good narrative scenario. It's not a really a good playing a game scenario. Right. It's, it's very underwhelming when the game ends. You're like, oh, but... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but wait, exactly. I have, oh. Oh, I guess we're just done then. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, premature ending when both people involved aren't finished, it, it, yeah, it can be pretty underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one. Damn, I, I want my two hours. Let's play. <laughs> right? Like, hey, that's three rack at that point. 25 minutes. I mean, I've played some very fast games of bolt action, but I... Would not be satisfied if it it's usually because like you're that. curb stomping someone, though. Well, Jeff, you played a variant that I had a Recon Rumble where there was two of them, mm-hmm. and they were over they're over twelve inches apart, and there was a fifty fifty chance that you picked the right one. Mm-hmm. So I thought you played it well enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you won. So obviously, yeah. Does that that doesn't mean it's you know? I mean, your scenario was better. Does that it doesn't make you know? Better, but still just as lame. Well, less Less lame, but it's still maybe not as... I mean, I've I've won games of bolt action where I didn't feel like either myself or my opponent had a really great time, so... Well, it's... Yeah. It's the weird... It's the concept of, like, not... Not knowing what's going to happen next, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how to describe it. it. it, this, This would be better if it said an infantry unit had to do it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of like the difference between these types of scenarios and like uh, Jeff's the the scenario that we've had in, in Operation Snafu with the the three objectives and you score at the end of every round, right? the The objectives are known and they aren't changing. It's there's more staticness to the scenario, but I'm trying to think of one that has like a variable that is good, and I can't think of one off the top of my head where a variable scenario is better. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm rambling at this point. No. <laughs> no, I no, I actually no, rambling I, or I, no, you don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. Okay. I accidentally ate something. It's past midnight. I turned into a it turned uh, into no, okay. All right. <laughs> don't don't go outside. I think it's still raining. Yeah, it yeah. is. We don't need multiple. No, tests. I need to make more of myself. I'm gonna jump in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh that, yeah, that's a gross scene. It's like bad soup. Yeah, yeah, it Gremlin is. Gremlin soup. I think I'll pass. Ooh. <laughs> Such a good movie, though. Yeah. All right. So we can all agree it's just not a very fun scenario when things end early. Right. In any scenario, it doesn't even have to be bolt action related. Just when things end, when things end early, we don't like that. Competitively speaking. Yes. Okay. So that was like feel like a little tack on at the end there. We got a little extra something for you guys. Write to us and tell us why you think we're wrong. 
Yeah, we're gonna get all the manhunt fans <laughs> and demolition fans and top secret fans being like, we, you guys, we haven't talked about manhunt yet. I'm we're, sorry, we're I, not talking. I, I prematurely, I prematurely ended the conversation. Do yeah, it's, talk it's, about it's, not really. It's also it's this, it's, it's, it's it's got the exact same problems as others too. Right. So, but it's this one going is, for a narrative story, and it's not right. as fun. It's an attacker defender, and the defender has basically their LT. Your whole point is to capture him in close quarters. Or destroy him for a draw. Otherwise, the defender wins. Okay? Yeah. It's not fun. I don't hate this one as much as the other two, quite honestly. It's really easy to play for a draw if you know what the heck, if you have half a brain. Yep. I, I do. Actually, it's even easier to play for a win if you are better than your opponent, which I guess is most cases. But mm. it heavily favors the defender, depending <laughs> on the terrain. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm thinking about it from the other side. but Yeah, no. You need to play this where the defender is an Italian. There you go. It's just like, oh my god, kill me now. Sure. Okay. And this this has got a weird setup in that the defender picks their table half and they deploy basically everything that isn't a vehicle. Yeah. All vehicles are left in reserve. Okay. Yeah. I mean... And the attacker has a first wave and all he has to do is get your lieutenant in close combat for the win or kill him for the draw, otherwise the defender wins. Mm-hmm. And it's got the confused fight rule, which I know we all love. I like it. That changes things a little bit, in my opinion. But it's, well, but you're deploying in the center of the table anyway. Oh, and this one you're still deploying in the center of the table. That's right. Um, competitively speaking, I obviously know this scenario very well. I still it, it, it's surrounded with a bad objective. Right. I actually think the objective is the one thing I like about it, but I don't know if it's necessarily the win the scenario objective. I like that objective in general, like as a secondary objective. You want you want the other caveat that really tip you over. So, uh, so the officer's, officer's unit, um, if he has more than one guy, which rarely happens, the other guy other than the officer is always removed as a casualty first. Oh, so you, you can't, can't even snipe him off the table. Well, if you're shooting not at him, for you're a playing, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not trying hard enough. There's a built-in <laughs> lookout, sir. There. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Role. For those that know what that is. Yes. Well, wasn't look lookouts are always built in? You had to roll. Is it, it there's a chance a you something. could fail it? Yeah, you always rolled yeah. and you failed on yeah. a one. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, wave back machine there. Go back to what year was that? Two thousand three. Before there was a Snafu podcast. Well, before well forty forty eight nine episodes ago, it was still well before then. Yes. Anyway. Uh yeah, those are the worst scenarios in the book. Well, I'm compe- yeah, competitively speaking. But I mean, if we were putting together a rule book, we'd throw in some narrative scenarios, some fluff. Oh, stuff. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with some funsies. Yeah, but you know what I'd do is I'd put them in a section labeled narrative yeah. scenarios. Here, here, <laughs> here, like yeah, yeah. you'd have you'd have a table of contents <laughs> and a and a glossary in the back, and you would have this is your, these are your theater selector special rules. Here are your well, theater selector special scenarios. So, so, so we we write the rule book. Scenario. We even label them as narrative scenarios, and someone's still going to pull them out to play in a tournament. And oh, then Pat Junior's sure. going to roll up, and it's going to ruin his day. And then they're going to start a podcast, <laughs> and we're never going to hear the end of it. So, yep, you're right. <laughs> and they'll start their own game with blackjack, <laughs> with, 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 fate, with fate dice and, and hookers. Yeah, uh, right. Yes, there would. We would have fate dice, and we would have 
nothing but manhunt and demolition and top secret as scenarios in my competitive book. No, no, and partisans because <laughs> that one's because I want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Everything is partisans. Top secret partisan with demolition man. You're just looking go. at it wrong if everything isn't partisans. Right. It's it's top secret, but every turn you have to roll to see if the top secret document explodes in a heavy <laughs> howitzer template. And it moves and it teleports. And it moves. <laughs> it's like scatter forty six well, inches. Clearly it's gotten very late here very quick. I'm not even drinking, but well, it doesn't matter. Thankfully. Right? But I I I'm just I'm thinking of how we can make things better. Better yet, we could just blow up the world, and points don't matter. Just play with what you got. No, no, no I like that. No, no points, just order dice. I believe was your solution. I still think that could be a solution in some circumstances. Jesus, no. I think it'd be fun to try it. I, I think that'd be. A, I think that's a fun club night I, game. I, only, only if you're playing top secret. <laughs> this scenario, there are no point limits. Just order dice. Can have. Can only have ten order dice. I'm just saying that would be an interesting scenario. I, I don't. I think you're right. I think it would be built into narrative. I don't think you could play that competitively. It's like the worst scenario ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, competitively speaking, we just named the three worst. So if we ram them all together and we gave them another bunch of shitty rules, I mean, on top that's of like it. blowing up the world and points don't matter. Effectively, you're just bagging all over that, and you you want to do points I, don't matter literally. No, because it's not completely remove a point it still has some guardrails on it <laughs> okay okay so we we okay we make it 10 order dice you can bring well i mean so you could argue this is the age of sigmar version of it where you could bring 10 tanks and i bring 10 medics but someone might finally bring a freaking panther that's what i'm saying is it to, unlikely would, you will know because it still has tiger fear right so your the your limit is your collection which is effectively what Age of Sigmar started out to be. It, it did, and that could be problematic. I, no, but it's still not, because you still have limits on size of units, right? You still only have 10 veterans in a unit, and you still would be limited to the to the reinforced platoon structure, so you couldn't bring 10 tanks. That's That, that was my premise behind it at one point. I don't necessarily agree with it. But you would you could see someone bringing a captain. premise? I, I still like not, the idea of it. I'm not bagging it. on you. I, I'm more teasing you. Right, no, so. I, I like the idea of it. I don't know that it would make competitive play better. No, I mean, it, there's a little bit of traction on the social media for that. So There was. Yeah, I, I, I think it could be interesting, but I don't think it needs to happen. It's not going to make the game. You can, but you can only play Manhunt with it. Sure. Okay. I'm in. I'm done. I'm just. And I'm, I'm not playing. It, the game is now just called Manhunt, and it is no longer bolt action. <laughs> it's, they've, like, they've splintered it off. <clears throat> it's its own game now, and it has fate dice and hookers. Perfect. <laughs> Kevrel plays every right. every army's partisans. Well, then you got Weber and Kevin. We're Sweet. All right, I got three people in. Sweet. How many more can I get? All right, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to go write a 150 page rulebook now. So I, I just I like to point to out that. That this game you've created appeals to the least competitive. <laughs> 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 well, that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> I, I mean, Weber's very competitive. He just—he's newer to bolt action. I don't see him playing. He's very—he's very narrative. He and is very. Kevin narrative, is very much whatever. I don't. He's—he's—he's he's, he's very. Much, I just want to roll some dice. I do not want to go to tournaments. He's there for the setup. Yes. <laughs> right. 
Mm. He likes to play games with his friends. Yes. That's all that's important to him, and that is a very commendable there's thing. Nothing wrong with it. I like I like those types of people. They're my they're my people. All right. Yeah. So that is it. I think we are done. We have beaten up GW or GW Warlord enough. It's not GW. G- well, we also beat on them. Lame's beer shop. Yes. 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 Lame's beer shop. Jesus. <laughs> that that company. We're not talking about them though. We've beaten up on Warlord enough. I, I don't actually. I don't know that we've beaten up on them that much. I think we have some cool ideas for them. Hopefully, they take any of them freely. Labeling this as iffy content. At this point, it is. Everything is iffy. Everything is iffy after the after midnight after the gremlins. Yep. After Jeff turns into one. <laughs> anyway, let's. You know better than to. You know better than to play games with me after midnight. Come on. Yeah, I know. Anyway, and especially when you've been drinking. Yeah, especially when I've been drinking. <laughs> it's even worse yeah. when I've been drinking. Well, everything's worse. When I almost been did the real life so. tabletop simulator flip the table on bang once, so you know. <laughs> so I just flipped my hand, but it was close. close enough. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Oh shit, what happened?" Um, anyway, Pat, let's just let's just be done here. This is Snafu. Over and out. Good night. Good night, guys. Someone each day who's never sad, who's always gay. I know she's acting a part. You can see what goes on in her heart. They're lonely as only a woman's can be For I see all her thoughts are somewhere Somewhere in France with you While she's talking, she's talking She's so proud, oh, so proud of the things you will do. I can see all her love is somewhere, somewhere in France with you. That the sunshine will follow the rain Every beat of her heart Will always be Somewhere in front
that the sunshine will follow the rain. Every beat of her heart will always be Make sure it records. Competitively speaking, somewhere in France is with you. No one will get that reference in, at all. I cut it out. I wanted one more competitively speaking in there. Christ, if someone makes that a drinking game, they're going to die. <laughs> it's going to be worse than Aloha Island drink. Competitively <laughs> speaking. Oh, Jesus Christ. Upload it, Rick.